Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Welcome in, welcome in, a Wednesday, hump day, day after the all-time scoring record in the association is in the hands of LeBron James. We're definitely going to dive into that. We're going to talk a little free agency and Super Bowl. Uh, We've got a guy who played in the Super Bowl coming up in just a little bit, one of Leon's legends, as we'll talk Super Bowl, and then we'll get some prop bets cranked up in the noon hour. I I failed you in the noon hour, you nooners. Uh, yesterday, but we'll make sure that we give you a chance to get some prop bets in in the first hour of our show today. Uh, but let's spend the first part of it talking about LeBron James, what went down last night, where it is as far as its place in history, an unbreakable record. Eh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, It would appear so, but you're talking about one of the legendary marks. I did joke earlier this week, Leon, when I said uh, – if you want to know how big the record is, just ask LeBron because he told us how big the record was because he was about to break it. But still, it is one of the more significant milestones in our sporting life, I think, when you think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar holding it for as long as he did it now LeBron breaks well, it. Well, before, before the game, I found every reason to not want to see him break the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, first I, I called him a de facto Laker. Uh, you know, the fact that he didn't go to college and – and Kareem did, and then three-point shots and all that kind of stuff. But then when I watched the game, yeah. I kind of say, you know what, this is a mo- this is a monumental feat. This guy, LeBron James, is breaking one of the a record that's still for, what, 30 years? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 30 yeah, 37, years. 37, something like that. 37 years. So I end up, you know, I, I end up last night giving him his flowers, appreciating the fact that, uh, you know, he, he LeBron James is just a specimen. I mean, at this age to still be doing it the, the way he's doing it. Now the Lakers suck, mm-hmm. okay. So uh, that that kind of ruined the whole thing. The, the yeah, AKC and the winning the game anyway. Let's immediately point out. Yeah, you know, let's point the point. As yeah. he was trucking along, they were trailing and, the entire way. And they way. were trailing the whole way. And then when they made the ceremony, I was saying, okay, come on, let's get back to the game. Uh, you're losing, but uh, but he, LeBron James uh, doing this is it, it, something to be celebrated because uh, this record has stood. I thought it would stand the test of time, but he proved me wrong and he broke it now. I don't know if there's anybody behind him that maybe has a chance to win to break this record. So it may stand for a while. Maybe well, Luca. Maybe Luca. Luca maybe. Just because maybe. he's so young and he's already played for a while. Not but. Paolo Bancaro. Not the Orlando mm-hmm. Magic. Yeah. First yeah. overall. First overall pick in the Rising Stars game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to. No, Leon. As I was driving into work this morning, my first thought was, "You Laker fans, when you look at LeBron, when you think about when he inevitably is enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame." If he's to choose a team that he goes in as, <laughs> is he a Laker? No. no. Is he a Cavs? Uh, yeah. No, he's not. Is he a, a Miami Heat? He's, he's not a Laker. It's going to come down to Cleveland and Miami, but it's uh, Cleveland. He won the he won the last true full season title 
in Cleveland. So, so you you don't count the Mickey Mouse that he won you guys. The well, Mickey I Mouse am counting tournament. it. It's the only thing I've got. I'm clinging to it. But it you know it was in the bubble and 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 I don't care. I got a Dodgers and a we Lakers to take title that championship. In, in the same season, and both of them were were shortened due to the pandemic. I love the Rona uh, because uh, I, I was a winner during the Rona, so I'll, I'll take it. But, Better well, times. Yeah, yeah. But this honestly, we're going to set it up with a Twitter poll, and and you can. Offer a suggestion up, but it's basically as simple as this. The, the recognized records. What is more special? Uh, NBA all-time points leader. Uh, home run king. Uh, 18 majors, meaning, uh, you know, the Grand Slam majors. And the NFL rushing title. Does that, does that sound like? We could do that. You know, something that would kind of fit and just kind of jump in on that. You know, Besides just, rushing title, would you rather do, like, um, Super Bowl titles? Yeah, because, all right, here's the thing. I was thinking about that, but then we go to rings as one. opposed to, you know, that stat. You follow what but, I'm saying? But in that sport, you know, like the rushing title, is that that important? It, 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 it but, was back then, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this. <laughs> you want a difficult record that initially everyone thought would never, ever be broken. Goal scored in the NHL, mm-hmm. and now Obi's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you want to talk about a difficult sport to play where you are getting your ass beat every right. single day, and to keep you're not keep, getting protected by officials. Up. Okay, yeah. you're getting you're getting hit, and he's getting written. And, and for how Joe, all of our young lifetime, it was that that record will never be yeah, broken, untouchable, never. Unbro- yeah, untouchable. And now Obi's getting ready to do it. Yeah. Well, see, there's another reason why I, I didn't want to celebrate LeBron because in Kareem's era. Hand check, body checks, can't come through the lane. More physical brand of basketball. This basketball now, just like the NFL now, where you can't reroute wide receivers, you can't touch them, you gotta give them their lane. Quarterbacks can't get hit. They got more they can more freelance and, and knowing that they're not gonna take the body shots they take earlier. LeBron as physical a specimen, no one no one's body checking LeBron. All right, but let's 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 counter that with Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady the GOAT? He's well, the, because he's of the, the goat. rings. He's GOAT because of the rings. Yeah. But could Tom Brady do what he did in the Marino era? Yeah, Marino and Elway, uh, they faced a, a lot more uh, physical. Or even Aikman's era. They're, they're going to start telling yeah. you to stay on your lane. You know, yeah. Oh, well, I'm fast fine. I am. I'm in your on, era. I'll okay. stay in my era. I'll be good. Here's another counter to it. Globally, there's more talent in the NBA from around the globe True. now than there has been. Now, granted, they don't, the whistles are different. The physical play is different. Mm-hmm. But let me just give you some math right now, okay? And this is somebody else doing this. I'm just reading it straight off of the piece from <laughs> Rohan uh, and Carney who put it together. Uh, Steph Curry would need to play until he's 47 to break the record. Kevin Durant, even if he played 82 games a year going forward, which does seem far, far-fetched far when we talk about the injuries, would have to play until he's 42. <laughs> we mentioned Luka. Luca averages more points per game than mm. any active player would have to play until he's 42. Okay, think about well, that. Yeah, these guys are coming in oh, at yeah. a young age. Well, don't get me wrong now. Don't get me wrong now. LeBron could have played the inner era mm-hmm. as as physical with he's his size, with his speed, size and yeah. speed, whatever. Absolutely, he would have had he would have had tremendous success in the era of Magic, Bird, and Jordan, all that sure. kind of stuff. Sure, but I'm not sure the points. Mm-hmm. Would have been allotted mm-hmm. to him the same way. I'm also not sure era. he lasts as long. Exactly. Physically you... lasts as long. Okay, yeah. here's another part of this. LeBron has taken care of his body amazingly well. He's so had two seasons. He's gotten help. He's gotten seasons. help to do that too. Well, well, but you have to give him credit for that. For, yeah. for the big man that does, he runs the floor. He no, I don't disagree. Yep. Yeah. Exactly he spends a million dollars a year on his body. 
Yeah. To keep himself in shape. He's an unbelievable yeah. shape. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, was like, he looks like he could play another five years. So he's Good. 38. He's averaging 30-plus points per game, averaged 30-plus points per game last season. Uh, if he's able to keep it up, just think about some of the numbers that he would have. And and the other thing, and again, we could argue three-point versus two-point. You guys can hit the text line design by lifetime enclosures. Jump in on it. We we certainly will get the, I don't care about the NBA. That That's an original thought of that you keep that to yourself. But the other part of it, <laughs> the other part of it is, Three points versus two points. Yeah. But LeBron did this number. 150 less games. 150 less games. Yep. And age-wise did it right. at a, you know, granted, he came in at a younger time. But just some of the stuff just kind of makes you like, whoa. And that's why I really like this one off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, which you can get in on the conversation at 641-1010. 4291 says that Tigers made cut streak will never be broken. Yeah. And I think that that's a fascinating one that we it's maybe really compare impressive this to. One. Because it does come down to similar, I would also say, Cal Ripken, consecutive yeah. games played. Because I think that that is where the most impressive – feats in sports lie in the body's ability to continue to go out each and every day and for LeBron to look like he's in better shape than Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook and even some of those younger guys that were on the floor last yeah. night. No one's ever d- did the Tiger Slam? Um no, no, uh-huh. not uh held four trophies at once before whenever they did have that it was uh an amateur title that was considered uh-huh. one of the, you know, the slams. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. cuz we're going all the way back to the to the Bobby Jones uh era, but in that his was not a calendar year, but he yeah. held all four right. at one time. Right, and the same with Serena but, Williams, the Serena slam. Yeah, too. Serena yeah. definitely would be. Those um, two are up there, I would yeah. say, with this record. I do like this one as well from ninety eight, ninety five. Kelly Slater, eleven world titles oh, yeah. in an individual sport where Mother Nature is kicking your butt like Mike Tyson every day. Kelly Slater's amazing. Just so happened he picked a, a sport that not that many people pay attention to. I was about to say, name one other surfer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but, what he, again, what but, done is, but again, is it that impressive? Yeah. Well, it speaks to, again, just like the body physically being able to perform at yeah. that level. I'm going to give it to him. You just, better not yeah. go over the ditch, yeah. JJ, right? I'm Let's just see. saying. The same with Serena. Like, there's if there was more competition, like, Federer had a- epic competition. Yeah. You know, his entire career. Yeah, she Serena, dominated. that's a sport where there's... Yeah, exactly. And her sister kind of faded off for a right. little bit. She totally dominated. You are correct about that. But I'll the, give you another one. Pete yeah. Rose, 44 games yeah, well, in a row. Hit streak or whatever 50, it is. 54. 54. Yeah. 54. Like that, that's that's outrageous. another one, right? 56. That's, that's up 56. 56. Yeah, 56. That's up there with um that's up there with I would say um the miss cut or the well the hundred second right. made streak. cuts. Yeah, the yeah. cut streak. Here's the thing right with there. Tiger, and, and I I was calling the golf when he missed <laughs> his cut, and I, I I'll remember it forever. Like, whoa, the enormity of it. Over one hundred straight made cuts. And just to understand it, that means you gotta score enough when the field's cut in half to stick around for the weekend and make a check. And he, the, the consecutive streaks cut was broken at the Byron Nelson. And it was fitting because Byron Nelson was the last guy that had a consecutive streak cut. You want to know when that was? Yeah. In the 50s or, you know, more yeah. than a half century earlier. Yeah. And it didn't even come close to what Tiger had done. Tiger was, well, w- was as matter of fact as you could get. I'm about to be a homer right now. Mm-hmm. 58 straight at home. Oh, that's, look, that's. That's now, good too. Depending on depending on who you faced, give me some examples of who uh, Miami faced at home during that streak. Some Temple, of the big boys, Rutgers, because obviously you had Notre some, Dame, Florida some, State, okay, Oklahoma, that's what I hear. Nebraska. Yeah. You you trying to minimize the record? See that, what he do? That's doing? what I wanted to hear. Those are real. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you know what I love about that? Mm. It's a team. Thing. It is. It was. I love the fact that it's a it team. Was a, thing. It was a team. And here's the thing: we, the pressure. Each class had the pressure when I was at Miami. You did not want to be the class that lost the streak. Mm-hmm. 
and the class that left before you will tell you, don't your know, butt better not lose at home. How many yeah. me guys did you have in that team? I'm doing that streak. Now they're like, you better beat Middle Tennessee. State. Exactly. By the way, part. Joe DiMaggio has the hit streak. Yeah. He, uh, Pete Rose broke Ty Cobb's yeah, in the National all-time League. hit record. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pete won it in the National League, but it did not approach Joe D's. DiMaggio he was has like 56. 12 games behind or something yeah. like that. And so, and then obviously you can go to the all-time hits king. That's that's no question about that. But, you know, there, there's just a lot of these So what should ones. we do for the poll? Do you want to do Super Bowl titles or rushing records? So I have all-time home run record, NBA all-time score, 18 golf majors, which is my personal favorite. Yeah, I, I and, think we uh, should Super go Bowl rushing titles? record instead okay. of rings. We could do that. You know, unless you guys, you know, veto that bad boy. We are a top 20 show after all. We're kind of like a, do, a team here. I think here, we should do so. goal scores, <laughs> but I think yeah. we should do. Yeah. You, oh, go what? Goal scores. Goal score. Oh, you want to go NHL, hockey? Yeah. NHL. We yeah. have to have an NFL one over you know, here. Yeah. You know what we'll do? We'll set a Vetchkin aside when we do the Kelly Slater poll, okay? <laughs> Let's go yeah, with the rushing. Man. Let's go with the rushing record. <laughs> okay, it's as it, always, man. brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. How about Katie Ledecky? Would you mm-hmm. accept that one? Mm-hmm. Or Michael Phelps? I do Would love accept, some of those. Is, is that water sport allowed? That's yeah. a record that they're definitely not. Whatever Michael medal Phelps. count Phelps. he has, yeah. I do love. What he was able to do in the Olympics uh, over the span of, was it four or five Olympics? It's just incredible what he's able to do. But once again, not yeah. the same level of competition as mm-hmm. these other sports. Mm-hmm. And every four years, so hard to kind of nail that down. So here are the well, numbers. Like LeBron, it's an individual sport. So. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's the you think basketball is an individual sport. Oh, with LeBron, it is. Sure. Oh, I knew. I see. I knew there was yeah. something behind uh, that. Yeah, and so and here's the beautiful uh, thing about it. It's just so easy. To it, well, I mean, in. I will yeah. say this: last night, even as the number one LeBron supporter in Jacksonville, Florida, it's always cringy to me the mid-game ceremony. No mm. matter what sport it is, no matter what record is broken, right? I hate it. I I don't like that the game is still going on. That OKC has to just sit there. Sitting on their hands with the lead. Plus, right. LeBron's not the most a, humble guy. Not you know at I mean. all. He's yeah. walking around with his hands his up. His speech you know. was very humble. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, you got to get off of your LeBron hate. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that's so some hate top. now. That's some serious yeah. hate. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. He can't fan even of, raise yeah. his hands. He can't celebrate <laughs> his. He can't celebrate breaking the record. Yeah. Jeez. And, and so, like, here's another comparison. Giannis, okay, Antetokounmpo, he rank, ranks 12th among active players with 15,706 points, but he still would have so far to go. The record that stood for 40 years, I don't know whether Giannis could stick around. He's 28 years of age, and his number is still, what is that, um, 23,000 or and yeah, he's not yeah, even like a not. scorer like that. How long Less did you say he's, Steph- the, he's the best player in the league, but yeah. he's not necessarily the greatest scorer True. in the league. How long True. would Steph have to play? You said, did you say 41? So 42. Yeah, 42 years of age. See, the problem with Steph is he's played four years in college. So mm-hmm. he that's four years he could have been oh, yeah. shooting but, but, in the league. Yeah, but the other thing is, is when you look at the number of games played, like we said, even though LeBron entered the, 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 the NBA earlier, still 150 less games than what Kareem played. No, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and also, you know, yeah – LeBron had four extra years. He also had four extra years of pounding on his body, too. Yeah, exactly. Which is and, Steph clearly did not in college right. basketball. And then if you add up all the postseason games that he's played, it's like a couple more seasons, which is crazy to think of it. But here are the numbers. Two-point field goals, okay? So we're talking baskets inside the arc. Uh, for James, 11,816. For Kareem, 15,836. So basically 4,000 more two-pointers for Kareem. Three-point shots, 2,237 for LeBron. One for Kareem. One. 
That was it. And JJ, by the way, he was uh, draining threes last night, which is just classic. Oh, he did look. I was thinking about you when he was drilling. Exactly. Because he's I'm not like, exactly the best three-point shooter, but last night he looked oh amazing. Oh, my gosh. But, so if we're going to use a three-point argument before you continue with yeah. these amazing stats, it's not like Kareem would have been, like, popping out, stepping behind the no. line and drilling threes. That, and, that just obviously wasn't going to be And you have to game. think of, honestly, the way the game game flow goes is that a big man's not going to be able to do that. He's relying on other people tossing it in. Do you think Kareem benefited from having James Worthy and Magic Johnson and all the other guys? I, me thinks yes. Okay, that's how it went down. And, yeah, you can argue LeBron, whether he was this or that, but the one thing, he's the only guy that is in this category, top four in points and assists. No one else. No one else. That's pretty good. At 1010XL, what is the most impressive record to you? That is our question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota. You can also sound off on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Thoughts on Joey Chestnut? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Th- thank you, 32. Oh, that's a good one. But Th- here's why this is he's, he's not. He did one have of these. Kobayashi. I was about to say, but, but his sport banned Kobayashi. Yep, yep. So it would be like, hey, uh, you know, LeBron James, all of a sudden. Kevin Durant's kicked out of the league. Yeah. You know, yeah. Steph Curry's kicked out of the league. It's like, what? Well, yeah. Kobayashi just isn't allowed to compete. Scripted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like WWE. Yeah, exactly. And look, it was an American hot dog. They were not going to exactly. let Kobayashi. Remember, he, he he was persecuted in New York. He said that. They did a 30 for 30 on that bad One of my favorite 30 for 30s. Yeah, it was very strange. I, I got to admit. Speaking was, of 30 that was a for 30s, one. I do want to obviously <laughs> circle back to, and I, we see you on the text line um, with regards to Trevor Lawrence's Players' Tribune article. We'll touch on that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But speaking of 30 for 30s, did you guys touch it all on Monday when mm-hmm. I was I was out at a TPC Media Day on Leon watching? The bullies of Baltimore. Yeah, Leon talked. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you were okay with it. you weren't. I listen. I wasn't. Listen, I wasn't overwhelmed with it. I mean, I, I watched it and I was trying to figure out when did they become bullies. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when we we played them and, and listen, I, not not still in their shine because two thousand was an outstanding season. It was probably one of the most dominating defenses since the eighty five Bears that I I've seen play. But all I was referencing to was the fact that. Those bullies somehow they didn't just become bullies. They had to walk across a couple of streets and get beat up to become who they were. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that in those times from ninety six to ninety nine, we never lost to the Ravens. We were eight and zero against the Ravens. So I mean, the bullies had to be groomed, great and shaped, and formed to be who they were because they played us. And it, that's what, I was just stating facts. Yeah, and I think it's honestly like. Like, if you go back, the Bears in 85, and, and Rick Gosselin did a great job of asking what the best defense was that you've ever seen, and I'll probably pull them up here and just roll through them. But that that Ravens team is as close to, I think, what we've seen mm-hmm. since the 85 Bears. There are a few other ones that obviously qualify. Well, that's where I want to segue to, of course, the topic of the week, which is the upcoming Super Bowl with the Eagles' 70-plus sacks approaching Mm -hmm. that 85 Bears record for sacks in a single season as a team. And I know Taylor Dahl, our resident Bears fan, has been a little, you know, a little nervous that maybe that record is in jeopardy. But I still don't feel like this Eagles team, as we talk about the playing field around them, you know, whether that's who Michael Phelps was swimming against or who Serena Williams was playing against, Mm -hmm. going against the NFC this past season, I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo the NFC East, which was far from the NFC least, but we're not really talking about this defense for the Eagles in the same light as we talked about those Baltimore teams. No, we're, we're talked not. about the 85 Bears, and I understand they're in the moment right now. 
But I feel like that's kind of been a storyline that we've touched on here on Primetime and we've talked about it on 1010XL, well, but we haven't really talked about other defenses that it could be compared to. I, I think we're not talking about the Eagles. I mean, listen, that 2000 Ravens team defense carried that team mm-hmm. the mass majority of the season. It carried them, absolutely. And the mass majority of the game. I mean, no, no disrespect to Trent Dilford. I mean, but I mean, he doesn't have the same star powers as a Jalen. Uh, he know. he would admit that, and he oh, yeah, has absolutely. on multiple occasions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they weren't no uh, phenom as far as offensively when that defense was suffocating. I mean, the four years that I did play that defense, now with, with uh, Jamie Sharper and Peter Bulwer oh, yeah. and Ray Lewis and and Tony Saragusa and Rob Burnett and and um, uh, McCrary. I mean, they were a handful. Now we won eight straight against them, but they were a handful. I think I think this Eagles team they're more balanced. Yeah, they're, they're more balanced. Well, uh, the other thing I jump in on mm-hmm. is the way we the way we view our NFL right now is all offense. Yeah, so we don't laud. Defense. Yeah, we don't celebrate the defense like yeah. we did. We're and, not, even, not. And these teams score a lot of points, both Kansas City and mm-hmm. Philadelphia. So I'm looking back at the Ravens in one, like you're talking about. Yeah, here are the numbers: they won 17 to six. They won 20 to 13. They won 26 to 7. They won 18 to 17, 13 to 10, 16 to 10. So, to your mm-hmm. point, Leon, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Yeah, it was. It that was defense carried them. Nah, it wasn't a prolific offense at all. But also, did you see what Trent Dilfer said this week? I want my. I want my just desserts. I, <laughs> no, I want to be loved. He said, the modern day game does not impress me. I love Brady. I love Rodgers. I love these guys, but it's oh, yeah, not impressive. And yeah. he said that uh, it basically, he goes, it's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback. And when you can't reroute receivers, and when you can't hit guys across the middle, yeah, true. Uh, I I true. agree with I'm a not, lot of. I, I don't think I, he, no I don't think he's that. saying anything that's not true. Yeah. He's telling the truth. It's like we said, quarterbacks got hit harder and more often. They had to pick themselves up off the ground because you know, they had to pick up their teeth off the ground sometimes. And the same can be said with cornerback safeties, linebackers unloading on receivers. There was a a a fear of going up and catching the football for your ribs, for your back, for your head, for your knee, whatever it was. I mean, it was, more than that, there was a fear in the pocket of a quarterback yeah, getting yeah. hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You got you had to pick yourself up. You had to pick up your teeth sometimes. I mean, that's how hard they hit you. You did not see flags come out all the time mm-hmm. if you got anywhere near the head or the, or, or, or the I, knees or anything like and that. And I think it all changed when Brady got – when he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. When the guy went low and he went down and tore I, I think the game – might have changed right then and there because even yeah, though the Patriots so, yeah, won, ele- yeah, yeah. even though the Patriots won eleven and five and they missed the playoffs that year, with uh, who was the backup? That was okay. Castle. 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 Yeah. I, I think the owner said, "Listen, yeah. we we can't we can't have this brutality on our quarterbacks. They they're, they're too important. We can't lose our starting quarterback. At, you know, any point in the season. So we've got to change the rules to where they're more protected." Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. All right. All right, Wednesday's brought to you by the Golf Club of Southampton. You can definitely check them out any day of the week. And we're talking gorgeous weather. It is February, and we are enjoying temperatures in the 60s in the morning and the 80s in the afternoon. So call 287-PLAY, head on out, uh, see the practice areas, see the membership opportunities, and don't forget about Friday nights when you can enjoy under the beautiful stars with this great weather. Music, they'll have a live performer every Friday night. They'll have a special menu from Chef Gary. It's all right there at the Golf Club of Southampton. Call 287-PLAY and go check them out. All right, we got Brandon Merriweather coming up. 
Uh, but let's get some prop bets in. 641-1010. Tim, we'll try and get a couple of you on. And you got to go 2-0 and in your prop bets to get into my uh, my props prize closet. So 641-1010. Uh, holler at JJ, and we'll get you on and give you some prop bets for the Super Bowl. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Oh, we see you. 9261 on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Can I get in on some of those Super Bowl prop bets, or is there a square game happening this year? Oh, we got your prop bets on XL Primetime. Joe C's got them cranking, do you yeah. not? Yeah, all you got to do right now, 641-1010. We'll try and sneak a couple in before we get Brandon Merriweather on. 641-1010. Uh, you can give us a shout, and we'll put you in our prop bets. Go into the prop closet. You got to get both of them right. Uh, and we'll have a little fun with that as we get ready for this big game. I do love uh, Mike and the Dina also in the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And under the radar record is John Bresnick, I'm going to say, won over 500 arm wrestling titles, whatever that means. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. I do appreciate it. Was he an over-the-top? Yeah. How many arm wrestling titles could Leon win if he just said, I'll take on all comers in Jacksonville? Are you a good arm wrestler? No, no. No? You're not? not? not, not. Have you guys seen it? Have you ever done it? Have I ever arm wrestled yeah. before? Yes, yes. Just technique to it, too. You yeah, sure strength. Not just strength. I was going to say, is it like professional arm wrestling or just like us sitting here at the studio oh, table yeah. right went now? All those. Oh, yeah, just yeah. doing that. Have table. you seen the new slap still- contest? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it makes me uneasy. Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah. uncomfortable. I don't like it at all. Uh, I saw one, I, I I saw one, one way on back a- in the day, and I don't like it at I all. I want to know how it's good publicity. Like, for someone who's starving for good, good publicity – Coming up with a slapping contest it's isn't exactly what I crazy. would have in mind. I saw one on YouTube where the guy got slapped and some something white came out of his ear. Uh, what? Yeah, that's yeah I, I don't just... know what it was, but he got yeah. It, cauli- I guess it, his ear cauliflowered or whatever it did. Oh something. God, it was ridiculous. Disgusting. Bro. Way back when, I feel uh, terrible admitting this, but you know, got in a little scrape in in high school, and gave one of my friends cauliflower ear. And I, I had to, and it was one of the worst, you know, I felt, I mean, I felt terrible. Right. But that's how it went down. And I, and I had to apologize and it just, it was ugly. I, I hated it, but that, you know, getting those scuffles. You so go. I just want to say this real quick, as far as, as far as uh, LeBron James, cause we were off the air, we were talking about points and average. And I was trying to explain to JJ about, I don't know, about a week ago. And I sent him some, some YouTube videos about Pete Maravich mm-hmm. and that he never played with the three point line. Just didn't play. So his last season in the league, before you know injuries, injuries took him out. Mm-hmm. His last season in the league, okay, he played eighty, not even eighty games, seventy something games. Okay, mm-hmm. his three point field goal percentage, sixty eight percent. That's crazy. It really is. It's crazy. Sixty eight percent for a guard. Yeah, Florida could throw sixty eight percent. Yeah, his last season in the league. Can I throw another crazy yeah. stat at you? Are you ready, Matt Hayes? Uh-huh. Let's hear it. Pistol Pete Maravich's nephew, Eli, one of the all-time three-point greats at Ithaca College. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, there you go. Had to. They, Sorry. They, well, Had they look to. At the, Top they look five all-time. Yeah, they look at the DNA and the genealogy. All right, let's get some props in. Let's get John on XL Primetime. John, welcome in. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing great. Who do you like in this game? Are you on the Eagles or the Chiefs? Well, being from Oklahoma, i got to go for Jalen Hurts. Okay, there ain't nothing right. wrong with that. <laughs> All right, now listen. We're going to put you in two props. You got to get both of them right to get in the props closet. You with me? I got you. All right. So total yards of the longest field goal. I think this is a little, little bit of a layup for you, but is it going to be over or under forty-five and a half? 
on the sale goals? Yeah. Over. Okay, you're saying over. That makes a lot of sense because we're probably going to see one from distance. All right, now let's go with this one right here. Uh, total successful field goals, since we're staying on that subject, over under three and a half. I'll go over. All right, you're going over on both. That means we're going to see a few field goals in, in John's game. All right, buddy, good luck. Uh, remember, you got to get both props right. JJ will get in touch with you if you get to get in the prop, props closet, okay? Not a problem. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy, let's get Rick up next here real quick. We're getting ready for Brandon Merriweather. Uh, Rick, you're on XL Primetime. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Now, who do you got? Chiefs, Eagles? Um, I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, hard not to. It, it, it really is hard to, to go against uh, what he's been able to do, that's for sure. All right, I, I'm happy to actually hear someone pick the Chiefs. A lot of people have been picking the Eagles in this game. A lot of people have. All right, now this is a little bit of a, a twist. It may fall into your Chiefs camp. Total players to attempt a pass. The over-under is two and a half. You can make sense out of that, right? They'll be throwing the ball? Yeah, or they'll catching be throwing the ball? the ball, throwing it. So to attempt a pass, meaning it's over under two and a half, so you know that Hurts. Will Mahomes, somebody besides Mahomes and Hurts throw yeah, a pass? Yeah, yes, two and no? a half. Okay. Over under two and a half. Going under. Okay, all right. Not a bad idea, Smart. but I can see Andy Reid drawing up a play. Oh, I, I would be going over. Travis yeah. Kelsey's thrown a pass, even if oh, it wasn't a well-thrown pass. Yeah, I he could tried just... to, Wasn't it like the... Well, he did a lateral. Yeah. Not That That wouldn't count if right. we're being, you know... He definitely threw a pass. I swore he threw He's a pass before. Year, yeah. If you do the shovel pass, it counts. Plus, if either one of those guys gets dinged up even for a play, yeah. both their backups can throw when they come in. Exactly, and that'll, be, that'll hit the over for sure. All right, last one for you, Rick. you got to get both of your props right. Total interceptions, one and a half is the number. Will it be over that number or under that number? Uh, going over. Okay. All right. So that means you're going to see some picks. You're going to see some defense. Both of these teams are very good on the defense, uh, defensive back end, that's for sure. All right, dude, good luck. Uh, enjoy the game. And, and uh, if you get both of your props right, we'll make sure you, you, we get in touch with you and get you in the prop closet, okay? All right. Thanks for letting me play. Yeah, man, no doubt. Uh, and, and, again, the square game, I'm just going to be straight up. It was a lot of work. Okay, so I uh, I passed on that. We have an in-house. We uh, have an Squares in-house game, one. <laughs> so we will provide updates of who wins that. Yeah. Needless to say, yeah. but uh, you know, I used to wear my wear myself out just trying to make sure I got that square game going. But one day we'll we'll actually have to show up uh, on site and get everyone to come in and pick a number, and that that way it'll be a little more fun. That way, boom, 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 it's done. Uh, but it's it's not easy. All right, uh, Kadarius Tony was mentioned uh, as a possibility for a guy who might throw a pass. Yeah, a that's true. Yep, high school, high school quarterback, absolutely. Kelsey, no question about it. He certainly uh, is is a possibility. That's for sure. All right, we'll give you a chance at some more props coming up in the one o'clock hour, and if we can squeeze it in in the two o'clock hour, we will. Yeah, um, and I do want to hit this little bit of breaking news before we welcome Brandon Merriweather onto the Fair and Fair phone line. The Titans have officially hired an assistant general manager. It is Packers personnel and football administrative executive Chad Brinker. I like this fun fact from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. When Rand Carthen and Chad Brinker first met, Carthen was playing running back for Florida, whose defense held the Ohio running back Brinker to negative 11 yards. Mm-hmm. He worked his way up from there, undrafted free agent running back to Packers scout, to Kellogg graduate, to Green Bay executive, and now he lands a key role in the AFC South with the Yeah, Tennis. okay, that's one to watch. They also made quite a few changes on that coaching staff, so we're going to get into that coming up, but right now. Now. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah.
You know him as Brandon Merriweather. I call him B-Mo, one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes of all time, top 50. First round pick, two-time All-Pro. My man, B-Mo. What's going on, Brandon? What's up, bro? You all right? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad you come on the show. Thank you, thank you. Thank Wait, you what, are your, what are your plans for the Super Bowl this Sunday? I know you got some plans. <laughs> no, nah, actually, I don't, man. I kind of just want to look quiet to watch that, actually watch the game and not have to go through all the, you know, shenanigans of, you know, talking to people. So I'm going to just stay at home. First of all, you and quiet don't even equal. That don't even match. I've hung out with you. Hey, 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 man. Let, let me let the people think that I'm a nice guy. Sometimes. You are a nice guy. I'm just saying, you saying quiet don't even equal up. <laughs> Just let the people think I'm a nice guy. Uh, you are a nice guy. You're absolutely a nice guy, man. We wanted to bring you on the show, man. We wanted to talk about uh, your Super Bowl experience. Now, you, unfortunately, or fortunately, was on the 2017 with the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah. Tell me how that how yeah. that how that went down. I mean, you were a rookie. You was a rookie on probably some consider the greatest team to play to not win a Super Bowl. How was that feeling yeah. being on that team? Ah. Uh, well, the feeling of losing it was the worst feeling I ever had in playing a sports game in my life. Uh, you know, like they don't they the NFL is kinda of brutal, you know, they don't give the losing team time to get off the field before they drop the confetti. You know, as soon as the game over you got the confetti, you know, falling on your head and everybody running around all happy and you walking off sad. So, you know, that's the probably the worst part of it. Um but other than that, it was it was it was good, man. Um, I was a rookie though, so um, oh seven I had a I had a curfew everywhere every night because I was a rookie, so I didn't get to enjoy everything. Um, but other than that, it was great. Well, when we're talking about greatness, and we and like Leon just set it up, you know that was a historical run that they were on. We're talking with Brandon Merriweather, former Kane, former Patriot, longtime NFL star. And so, what was the vibe going into that game inside the team, Brandon? You just you know the the sense of history, sense of the moment. What was that like? Oh, uh, that we were just some bad MFs. <laughs> like we 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 really didn't honestly, man. We didn't think we could lose. Um, okay. Just being honest, we 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 knew. Uh, the first time we played the Giants, the last game of the season, they gave us problems. But you know, we thought we had them problems. We had them problems fixed, and they came out with something completely different. But you know, other than you know the surprise that they brought to us, we was we was actually, you know, you know we was, we we had and already had those rings picked out. Talking Super Bowl with Brandon Merriweather on the fair and fair of phone line. Brandon, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask since you did spend the first four seasons of your career up in New England with Tommy Brady. Do you think the GOAT is actually done? Do you think he actually is joining you and so many others in retirement? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's done. Um, I think I think if he gets the right team and the right situation, uh, he'll come back, but as of right now, today, I think he 100% in his mind No, he done. So, Brandon, when you th- think about Tommy, like w- what comes to mind? Is, is it the, the competitiveness, just the incredible way he led a team, or, or just the way he played the position? Uh, no, what, what actually comes to mind is how nice of a guy he is, you know? Mm. Um, Tom is actually one of the nicest teammates I ever, you know, I've ever had. Um, on any level, like Tom is, is not the you know suck up guy who everybody try to portray him out to be. 
Um, but he is actually a really, really good teammate. And that's what comes to mind when, when I talk about Tom and when I think about Tom is, is, is how good of a teammate he was. Now, Brandon, we've had this conversation in Cigar Lounge just uh, before. You were known in college and in the pro ranks as being a ferocious hitter at the safety position. Could Correct. you have could you have played in this era now where, where you can't you can't lay out a wide receiver like you did back in the day? Uh no, absolutely not. I couldn't play in my era. <laughs> you know, all, the, all, all the fines I got, you know, I I wish I could I, if if I could have did anything, I would have changed my game, I would have. It just I I just basically came at the end of an era where, you know, they were turning the game into a flag football instead of tackle. So, you know, it was just unfortunate for me, you know, but if I would have came, you know, five, six years earlier, you know, I would have been a Hall of Fame. Yeah, so you instead of the Pro Bowl that we just saw flag football, that's kind of the thing now, you get with the game. Now you yeah, say that, that. Now you say that. you If there was checks on the line, you're going to transition your hidden. If they, if my, my checks was on the line. I, I'm the most fine safety ever. <laughs> like, and that ain't that ain't for dress code. That's for all because of being physical. That's better than LeBron's record, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, I can picture Brandon back in the day, and you did you pushed the limits. All right, so let me ask you this: We're talking with Brandon Merriweather, former Kane, former Patriot, longtime NFLer. Uh, when you think of you and Rodney Harrison paired up, what was that conversation like back then in 07 about what you could and couldn't do? Because both of you guys were thumpers. Well, Hot Rod did everything right. You know, um, I was more of the rebel, you know, coming from Miami, you know, doing everything my way. Like I was always, I always been a rebel and I'm always be a rebel. So, you know, Hot Rod was the, you know, poster child for doing, he going to hit you the right way. He gonna keep his face out of it, cause I was raised put your face on him. Uh-huh. So man, Hot Rod never really seen eye to eye when it came to stuff like this, because he did everything the right way and I did everything my way. Now, Brandon, speaking of Hot Rod, he's got a nice little TV career for himself going right now. So does another former teammate of yours, uh, Greg Olson. I know there's a lot of people talking about Greg and you know how he how he's doing it and you know being on Fox. Do you like watching Hot Rod? Like watching Greg on the sidelines in the booth? Uh, I love I love watching Greg. Um, Hot Rod, uh, to be honest with you, is is um, I don't I don't really watch as much because he don't come on on Sundays. He come on Sunday night, mm-hmm. so I really don't really get to pay attention to him as much. So I kind of more watch Greg because he be on he be on more often. So Brandon. The Canes. You feel good about Mario? You feel good about where y'all are headed? <laughs> Leon, you told Max me this, bro. No, I did not. I did not. I was trying to keep it out the conversation. I swear I was. We got to hear it. <laughs> uh, honestly, yes, I feel great about Mario. You know, I, I do think it's some things Mario need to do better. Um, But, yeah, I feel great about Mario. You know, I feel great about where – the program is headed. Um, granted, we had a terrible year last year, and I kind of think, you know, we won't be too far from that year this year, but I think we're headed in the right direction. Now, Brandon, you know, we, we're both old school. What, what do you think about this uh, this transfer portal and the NIL deal? What's your, what's your take on that? Oh, man, I absolutely love it. Um, I love the fact that people actually get to get paid off of their name now. Um, 
I love the fact that now all the teams that was paying all the players beforehand and not getting caught, now you have actually have competition legally. You know, so now Miami get to get them five-star players and, you know, you got, you know, it ain't just Alabama and, you know, LSU and Georgia. Now it's other people that could pay too. So now everybody's, you know, all the talent going to start getting split up. So I see in about four or five years, I see the talent pool being, you know, still, you know, don't get me wrong, Georgia and Alabama still going to be good. But I see it being more teams like the TCU that come out and actually be able to compete now. Mm-hmm. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Apopka's finest, uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, they got him projected as the number one pick overall. You knew him and his family when he was young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him and my nephew been playing together since they was six. So, in, in your opinion, Brandon, why why would he be worthy of that number one overall pick? Uh, honest, just being honest, Jalen Carter might be the best football player I've seen play uh, at a college or a high school level. Um, on defense, like he's ever. literally good ever. Wow, and that's count myself. Is he sappish? He's he's a he's a Sean Taylor D lineman. Okay, like he wow. I like that. he's he's big, he's physical, he's fast, he got great feet. Like he got everything you want in a D lineman. Um, so him, I told him, I, but I told him a long time ago. I was like, yo. You got top five potential, bro. And he was he was 11, 12 year old. I was like, bro, you got top five potential. Like you got a chance to do something. And he was he was just about the same size when he was eleven. So, <laughs> wow. so you know, he 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 got it. He got everything he needed. He got a strong cast behind him with his mom. Um, he got a lot of good friends from high school and college behind him. So I th- I expect him to go and do do well man i expect him to do great all right a couple more for brandon merriweather we got to at least give you if you got a super bowl memory think of it uh while we ask this other question because we might try and get you to tell us one one good one but back to the you brandon and we're talking two decades now only two double digit win seasons so you know what they've been through what do you think mario needs most to be able to turn the corner right now uh coaches okay um i think i think i think i think last year we let a title um of us hiring our offensive coordinator um blind us of what was actually happening with that offensive coordinator and i don't think he was as good as his title portrayed Mm -hmm. um so I think I think once we get the coaches situated, the players would come. And once you get the players and the coaches, that's when you start seeing the change. So hopefully Mario just hired a new OC and a new DC. Um, I personally think he should have just hired Charlie Strong. Um, but you know that's that's just my opinion. But yeah, if if he get the right people on staff, I think the rest of fall into place. Now, Bimo, you got to give us a Super Bowl experience. I mean, I know you was a rookie. I know you had, you had a curfew. All right. But you, I know you had a curfew. So, you got to give us a good Super Bowl story, memory. Uh, 
think my my favorite Super Bowl memory was um we had media day and um I was the only uh rookie on the team. So I had to sit into the booth and talk to everybody and I was trying to get out. So when I finally got out, um I went up there and sat with the team in the in the stands and um Miss Nevada came. And uh she was walking by, she was trying to take pictures with everybody. And one of my homeboys was like, you know, this is Brandon Merrill, the first round draft pick, you know. Safety starters, you know, he he's gonna be the he's gonna be the MVP. He's gonna be the one who say, you know, I'm welcome I'm going to Disney Real after the game. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, so you the one that everybody keeps talking about and I said, I guess. And she was like, Can I take a picture? And my homeboy was like, Yeah, 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 I'm gonna take the picture and then when he went to he like pushed her on my lap to take the picture. And I and I jumped up so fast because I knew my girl was gonna end up seeing that picture. <laughs> so well, uh, she ended up tripping and falling, and I ended up falling on top of her. And that's how the picture got to it. That is hilarious, Miss Nevada, Miss Nevada. Nevada. That's pretty good. That, that's a good memory. Listen, Brandon, we appreciate it for sure, dude. All right, thank y'all. Before you leave, man, I, I, you know we always have this argument in the cigar lounge: the greatest Miami Hurricane football team ever. I, uh, you still standing your ground? I'm standing my ground. I'm standing my ground. 2001, man. huh? Yeah, the 0-1 team was the best team ever. And the 0-2 team was number two. And the I, I, wait, whoa, 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 wait. You can't be number two if you didn't get the chip. Well, well, well we lost the chip in the in, uh, against Ohio State where we got cheated. Well, I, listen, when I played, we didn't lose chips. We won them. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Right. But see, see, we had more first rounders, though. Well, we had more. We had a better team. Better team. How y'all had a better we, team? We had no we individuals. Got more first rounders. How, how, many, how many rings do you have? We got one. Okay. But we, we had more first rounders, though. Okay. All right. We had, we had, we had 36 first rounders on I, one I, team. I understand. I understand. I understand. I got three and oh, five right. years. Three and five years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. All right, thank bro. you. That's cool, man. We had that argument all the time. Oh, I believe it. I do believe it. it but they got to get to a point now where they are starting to uh, turn that corner. What's and going on, by the way? Josh Gaddis, it's Harris, so bad, right? Yeah. What's you, going you on with the with the popka? You guys in a popka? What's going on with you guys in a popka, man? All what? those all those players are from that area. They are, bro. Even, even Evans is close. You're right next to Pop. Exactly, exactly. They were they were they were our big rival. Yeah, and we, you know we beat up each other. Apopka, Jones, Evans. What yeah. were those like Pop Warner games like? Ridiculous. <laughs> and what's crazy is how many of them actually went to Florida. It seems like a lot of you guys mm-hmm. go to Georgia or Miami for the most part. Yeah, which back is interesting. Then. Yeah, back then. Yeah, absolutely. Back yeah, then, like yeah. Lakeland. Uh, right, exactly. Whereas Lakeland, which is yeah. further south, is it's, more of the pipeline. Yeah. It's crazy when he said he, he coached his Pop Warner, him at Pop Warner, where he's 11 and 12. Yeah. And yeah. say he was always going to be a top five. Yeah. Be a top five pick. Yeah. Well, he wow. said he was the same size yeah, as he is now, which is a crazy thought. That is crazy. Speaking of Jalen Carter, uh, since he will presumably be at the NFL Combine in two weeks, let's hit to that real quick, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know who else will be at the NFL Scouting Combine in two weeks? Mm -hmm. One Stetson Bennett has been invited. He is one of the quarterbacks that earns an invite despite his uh, transgressions, let's say, in downtown Dallas a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think there's any question they were going to invite. Yeah, actually. like like it's they like, they they'll, they'll ask that question, right. you know, but that'll be about it. And uh, you know, I actually think they want him there for that reason. Yeah, so oh, they yeah. can all ask him that. Yeah. What, the, what the hell are you thinking? Every single one of them will get to go through that. Case. Yeah, because like, there's going to be a character evaluation now by all the teams. They're going to be asking all kind of questions about: mm-hmm. Do you have a drinking problem? This, this, and that, whatever. Fourteen Georgia Bulldogs, by the way, invited to the NFL Scouting uh, Combine. And Kirby loves it. He's recruiting off of that right now as we speak. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is from Charlie Gasparino, who says NFL sources say the commander's sale will take place oh. weeks after the Super Bowl. During the owners' meetings in March, despite denials, Jeff Bezos. Will be the guy. Bezos, really, really interesting. Okay, they didn't want him in the club. I will say this: that I, was the chatter. I will say this with regards to Bezos, and I can, I think I'm classified in saying this. Um, he has opened for his Blue Origin space company. He has just recently opened a new massive campus in the Northern Virginia area. I know that because my childhood best friend works there. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I mean, he is expanding in the DC area. So that's interesting. And more than well, he bought else. the Washington Post. And right. More, also that. Else he's got a pile of cash. And they said he would have to divest something. I can't quite remember whether. He said he was willing to sell the Washington Post if, if need be. Anyway, uh, that's interesting <laughs> Because stuff. he's losing money, I'm sure. Yeah, he, yeah exactly. He want, give me a reason to purge this problem. Why buy a newspaper when you yeah. can buy an NFL team? Give me a reason. All right. Into the 1 o'clock hour we go. We want to dive into that Players' Tribune article from Trevor Lawrence. We will have more prop bets for the Super Bowl that you guys can get in on the action coming up. 641-1010, the number to reach us at, both on the phone lines and on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This is XL Primetime on a Wednesday. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. One o'clock hour is here. This ain't the Big Apple, but JJ's playing in New York because uh, New York was a, well, it was the theme of a tweet, which is definitely <laughs> worth bringing up. Welcome in to the one o'clock hour. Joe C, MLB, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes. You can check out all his stuff at Saturday Down South. Big Sirs. We just had one of Leon's legends, Brandon Merriweather, on. We got a couple more coming up the next couple of days. Those that have been in the Super Bowl, so we'll get some stories from them. And don't forget, the Golf Club of Southampton bringing you Wednesday show every day. You can head on out and enjoy a great golf experience. 287-PLAY. Make sure you get connected with those folks out there. If you're planning a tournament or wherever it might be, uh, just head on out and enjoy Southampton. So why did we play New York? Because, what was it, 12-16 in the middle of the night, Evan Ingram? Yes. out? Yes. I love New York. Yeah, but... Evan Ingram, as I told you guys in our group text when this was sent to me, Evan Ingram is also 28 years old. He is in the offseason. It's a Tuesday at 1 a.m. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of bars and great Italian restaurants open here in the greater Jacksonville area at Uh, 1 in the morning on a Tuesday. They always complain about that. So Waffle House. There is Waffle House. There is Waffle House. That's true. I personally would not read too much into this, although Taylor Dahl and I did say like <clears throat> the same thing would happen if someone who is a pending free agent in Chicago tweeted, I love Miami. Yeah, I just I love that social media can serve as any tool for interpretation. And and so I, I just call that a an art of negotiation. You you type it out and you're like, Well, why not? Why wouldn't I send this? I am a free agent. Of course he did. You know? He's posturing. I mean, of course yeah. he's you, you think he just sent that out <clears throat> willy nilly? 
Uh, you know, mm. on, on a random 12:15 in the morning, nothing is. He's an unrestricted free. Why yeah. wouldn't he send that out? Well, Why wouldn't he do that? And, and look, just you know what? Hey, just know I'm here. Yeah. In the city that I used to be in. Right. The other team, the Jets, are desperate for a tight end. The other team has a lot of money on their salary cap. I really love it here. I mean, of course he did it on purpose. It never hurts. I don't know. Oh, I've yeah. been 28 years old, and I've tweeted that, and I can't yeah, stand the city of New York was, I'm from. You know, yeah, I was. Yeah. Well, no, at 28, yeah, my contract was coming up, and then but 2020 hit. Not so. a free agent for $11 million or something true. like that. <laughs> a, little, a little different. <laughs> well, listen, you, you don't never want the front office to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Never. Uh, the, biggest, the biggest mistake I made when I was a free agent with the Steelers is that I basically told them, I told my agent that they get first dibs because I want – he Drew did everything he could to, to make mm-hmm. sure that let the Steelers know that Leon will leave in a heartbeat. Right. Because if they get comfortable and think you're coming back, right. then you're now a priority. You're not right. a priority. All of a sudden, the 12 yeah, league becomes, well, exactly. maybe he'll accept eight. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, let, let's pair that up. Do they not think right now that Evan Ingram probably wants to be here more he than probably he probably does? I mean, I'm, the, I'm, they I'm think sure, they yeah. can get a. Uh, but the fact, though, break. is Trevor Lawrence. Right? Tre- Trevor Lawrence may have salvaged his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he was on the bus, but he was a bus in New York. Mm-hmm. He was he couldn't catch. He couldn't he couldn't run routes. Comes to Jacksonville on one year deal, nine million dollars. All of a sudden, he has what career career numbers? Yeah, basically, and receiving yeah. yards and, and catches. So I mean, I mean, he's got to also understand too. I mean, you got Trevor, and you got if he is, and you got Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think. The betting odds says he wants to be with Trevor. Right, I, I, I think he wants to be here. That's not even, that's not even really up for argument. I think the whole thing is, hey, don't, don't forget, it's the, I do want to be there. But guess what? There are other teams out there that need tight ends. It's the I've got teams, Yeah, there's the other team out there that's got a lot of money and a lot of cap space. I just mm-hmm. think he had some good pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that there's nothing bad about New York uh, unless you have a or bad pizza. experience in New York. Uh, but other than that, you know, you're like, okay, and he's. Been there. He spent his first four years there. He understands what it takes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think at any level, if you can send a message to someone that is either going to offer you something or not offer you something, you play that hand. All it, it, we, we haven't even entered free agency yet. We're going to go oh. into that three day period where they're free to negotiate. They want to put some. They want to plug some thoughts into people's minds. Sure. And we, it could be any of them. Not just the, this team's mind, mm-hmm. but other teams' minds. Yeah. Yes, I, I mean, this is the way, and I was tough, making fun of JJ. I said, JJ, you know, thirty year old man. This is the way young people communicate. JJ, that's mm-hmm. how it works. Okay, you communicate just call through social the old media. Man. I understand that. I, I just think that I, I tend to agree with me on this. I don't know if this guy is like at one in the morning, you know, probably with some badass hot chick. <laughs> drink in his hand at some badass bar, and yep. he, you think that he's like tweeting this out so Balky oh, sees yeah. it, and he's gonna get a better deal from Balky because of it. Like uh, I, 100%. I don't. There's I only don't one person in New York that's thinking like that, and that's the mastermind Taylor Swift. These guys aren't geniuses, man. Like uh, I, he's you don't not give an him agent. Credit, he's not a yeah. sports right. Agent. He has an agent. The agent probably told him, "Hey, while you're up there, tweet something oh, out. I love my New York." God. 
Oh, you no. are so insane. I'm, I'm with Matt, Joe. No. I'm with Matt 100%. 100%. No. Hey, when you go up there, Leon, do ages do that? He could tweet that from here. Like, it doesn't well, matter. Yeah, he's there, JJ. He's there in New York. And here's the better part. Do you really think Balky sees that and he's like, oh, my God. 100% he really, does. You know what? I was not going to bring him back. I wasn't worried about you, it, but now I really if am. you think now that they don't follow this, these guys' social now media we, I'm accounts? not saying he doesn't follow them on if social anything, media. If anything, quite frankly, I think this is a way for Evan Ingram to toy with the Giants fans that made his life a living hell for four-plus years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So There's if anything, wrong with that either. If That's, anything, this is him throwing it back at them of, man, I really love New York, dot, 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 but I'm going to stay in Jacksonville. To me, That's, that's more likely than him exactly. being a genius you know, no, right, no, no. trying to play whoa, 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 whoa. chestnut checkers. How is, how is he a genius doing that, but not right. a genius doing the other thing? I mean, give me a break. No, just so saying, is, I love no, he's just saying I love New York. Yeah. To it, make fun it, of the fact that he was just in New York, they yeah. wanted him out. Like, I don't, I don't think that he's right. tweeting that thinking, oh, my God, the Jags gonna are going to have play. to pay me now. If right. you guys don't understand that a guy is going to be offered in a handful of days, not a handful of, of years or a handful right. of months. Days. In days. We're the two millennials on the show. I can assure yeah. you he's no, not I thinking just, this. I think you guys think this guy's like smarter yeah. than he actually is. Well, yes. And I also can assure you. Why don't you think he understands business, yeah. JJ? I mean, come on. That, that I is think just, that you're – so, the front office is somehow things are different now because he tweeted that. I think that's asinine. No, I don't think it's. I don't think they're different. He. It's a subtle reminder. Hey, man, I am an unrestricted free everyone? agent. Oh, I didn't realize. I can no go anywhere. Oh, I can go oh. anywhere. So the front office didn't. And you know what? I really, I really like New York. No, JJ. Okay. You know what? I really like New York. Yeah, and I guess. And I, the Jets are desperate for a tight end. Okay, so I guess, I guess the when, Jags just thought they weren't going to compete with anyone for one of the best tight ends in the league this year. Yeah. JJ, I, like, like I don't understand why you're taking this so you you are taking this so literally. Of course the mean, Jags know. Literally? Of course the Jags know they have to compete with people. Okay. My whole point is he's there. He's in New York. He's in the moment. He loves the city. He tweets out at 12.15 in the morning. That, because he was probably I drinking. He was definitely drinking. Okay. All right. So I, I tweeted I a lot how... of things like that in the mo- at 12.15 in the morning, whether well, I want to admit it or so not. So anyone who's a free agent I do love can't how, say I do anything love how about we... another city with an NFL team ever. I, I do love how we know half of what he's doing, but the other half right, we don't right, know what he's doing. The other half doing. we have no idea. I mean, that's just so comical. I just think and then when Ngakwe, when Ngakwe, when Ngakwe goes after Tony Khan, an actual owner of a franchise, we're aware of it, and and they do know on social media what's going on. But in this one, we don't. Immediately, I mean, that's comical. Okay, so when he literally retweets Tony Khan, calls him a clown, yeah. says that he's playing with daddy's money, you think yeah. that's somehow the same no. as someone tweeting, I love New York? Okay, hang on one second. I'm simply hang saying on social one media. Second. Hang on one second. Factors. Let's ask time. the guy that, who's actually playing. By the play. way, that's, hang on. that's what players do, by the hang way. Hang on a second. That's what players do on social Just media. Just hang on one second, they're like okay? making moves. Just hang on. Let's ask the one guy who's actually played in the NFL and be part of negotiating. No, I didn't have I didn't have social media. You didn't, but I if did. you had social media, then what? I I don't want the front office to be comfortable with me staying, of no matter how not. long. I'm. Are you hey, tweeting? You, 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 if you had social you're, you're, media, are you tweeting? You're posturing. Yes, you're posturing. I think hundred percent is way way too much into this. Way too much into this. Is he out here posting photos? Is he out here? No, looking- that's actually the genius of it. You guys. Because it explains. It explains I don't even nothing. know why we're debating this right yeah. now. Like, oh, I, Look, I, I'm just glad we, we brought it up. It's a Jaguar thought. It's a free agent that they all want and covet and want to bring back. I just love how some people think interpretation 
is up for interpretation, but the other interpretation because is not up for interpretation. Because if it's the argument, that's why. I'm glad no, it's good I just think radio. he's more likely yeah. to just be trashing the fan base that trashed yes, him. thank yeah. you. It very, very well could doing, be that. doing, like, 4D chess moves. Yeah. Yeah, it easily could be that. And and, and I love I love this place, what's even though it German, didn't love me back. What's the German schadenfreude? Or, or no, what's the saying in German that's, like, it's more likely to... Whatever. I don't even know the word. But Schadenfreude. Uh, no, I don't think that fits No, Schadenfreude's when, you, when someone that. else is... Uh, something with an axe, or uh, I don't even know. But I can tell like you the more likely thing <laughs> is what I'm going with. Right. I can tell you this. You know who is strategic with mm-hmm. what they tweet and what they post on social media? The quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because penning that Players Tribune article in the middle of Super Bowl week, in the middle of everyone else wants to talk about Mahomes and Hurts, and that little subtle reminder, not just of I love you, Duval, but hey, NFL, guess what? There's a good chance I am the poster child for Sports Illustrated come July for the preseason edition. Well, he's a good story. Yeah, he's a great story, yeah. and that is strategy, I can tell you right now, by Trevor Lawrence and his team. Yeah. Evan Ingram tweeting at 12.15 in the morning is right. not strategy. Well, isn't Trevor I do, just selling things? Like, I, that's I, why he's on these shows. I mean, I do love the— Well, no, I, did you, well the Tribune's separate, but yes. But I do I love that, that, that there's love. nothing else on Evan Ingram's Twitter page since he, since he became a Jag that says, I love Duval or I love Jacksonville. Oh, my I, God. I love I, I love Trevor in the, and I read the tribute, but yeah. no one's thinking about Trevor right now. It's, yeah. about, it's all There's about, about this, yeah. and they're thinking about Pedro. But it is funny how we read that into that, but we didn't read the other right. thing. The, the other, other thing, thing is no, it's, it's idiots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, look, I think it's great what Trevor had to say. Let's get into that coming up in a second, uh, and then another Super Bowl memory from from Big Surge before he gets out of here, uh, because he is a guy that is a 100% bona fide leader. And then going forward, he is just dropping little things in left and right. And, and everything pretty much is by design, I would think, when Trevor does anything out in the public. We'll do that coming up on XL Primetime. you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Some more sampling from a pump-up playlist, yes, of Leon Searcy. No, this is no, Don't this Forget is About Me. Evan oh. Ingram, Don't Forget About Me. That was 15 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. Right. It's all good. It's all good. Great sports talk radio. Uh, we segue to the real mastermind on social media on the Jaguars' current roster, and that is one Trevor Lawrence. Not only did he pen a Lovely story this morning in the Players' Tribune. He also was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday. Rich Eisen, folks, the man can't help himself. When there's an opportunity to slander Urban Meyer, he slanders Urban Meyer. But yesterday, they tried to frame it, even though he did put Trevor on the spot there a little bit, in the lens of what Doug Peterson has brought to Jacksonville. Do you think, um, I'll just put put it to you point blank, Trevor Lawrence, do you think um, if Doug wasn't there, and Urban Meyer still was, that you'd be where you are right now? You put me on the spot here. Um, you know, I will say I have a I have respect for Coach Meyer just because he, you know, he showed me a lot of respect. He, he brought me here, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, so saying all that, I, I do think that Coach Peterson has elevated our organization to another level, and including myself. I think, you know, he's given me a lot of confidence. I really love our offensive system the guys that he's been able to put around me and guys on defense and all the people that we've been able to bring in. I think he's done a, an awesome job. And I don't know if there's many, many guys that could do what he's done this past year. So I've been really impressed and I think he's, he's killed it. And I'm just looking forward to the future. 
I do love the fact that he has now a standard answer about Herb. Anyone ask him that, that question, was, I'll always thank him for drafting me. That was classic. It is. It's that, was class, that was classic. That was just that was classic. the situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is worth noting that then in the Players' I Tribune, was. Trevor went on to note that you know Doug came into Jacksonville and didn't say, "Hey, so we're going to change this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." He just simply said, and I know we on this show questioned it at the time. He just kept saying, "I need to earn your trust." I need to help you guys as people. Yeah, it, I need it, to feel. There it is. And and look, we I, I panned it. I, well, I, you know what? I didn't pan it, but I certainly didn't. I'm like, still acknowledge the importance. We of mocked it. it. We mocked yeah, it. Yeah, we did. I'm still mocking it. Yeah. it, it no, Feelings? Come I, on. I, I think I think Doug's blueprint has has worked wonders. For, Doug's hey, coaching hey. has worked wonders. Well, yeah, but that's part of his coaching style. Hey, Jim listen. Bob's coaching. Yeah. Done wonders. Yeah. Hey, football players All have feelings. Have. You know yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Press Taylor, coaching, done wonders. Yeah, he's not listening. Man, hey, you know football players do have feelings, right? Yeah. Sure, of course. Do you, can you, can you, you understand? We're, we're not barbaric. So were their feelings like hurt during the five-game losing streak? Barbaric. We're barbaric all the time. And then they weren't hurt during the winning nah, streak? Listen, like, I'm that's just why telling all that you. stuff is just I said, crap to I'm me. just saying if you cut us, we bleed. Yeah, and 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 the <laughs> do we Peterson's, not bleed? Do we not Peterson's bleed? approach was as steady as it could be. Let's just keep believing in what we're doing. Let's I mean, just so sure. is the coaching, man. Yeah. He's a great coach. Right. That's no, I mean, that's, X's and O's, that's getting you ready. He's a great coach. They had freaking Daryl Bevel was his coach. Yeah. And Shoddy was his quarterback's coach. Come on, man. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer's now an offensive coordinator in Dallas. I, I know that. I understand that. Brian Schottenheimer's resume yeah. really is one yeah. of the greatest I, things in sports. I think it's very clear they went from, a, in, in the terms of the NFL parlance here, a guy to one of the elite of the game. Yeah, but I, I, it's like, nothing to do with it's feelings. Like we're, just, we're kind of mixing messages here. So if we're going to call Doug Peterson a great coach, give him credit for all the things that he does when he's coaching. That 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 all has to count. It's all part of the equation. So if, if by feelings and you Reed, say they're starting to buy in more because they like who he is and how he's treating yeah, them, Andy Reed that's seems, fine. I'll go. With yeah, that. Andy Reid seems very chill. And and doesn't necessarily go overboard on any one thing, uh, but right, he does whatever. a lot of things very very well. And that's why he keeps getting. You know, your feelings you know what else? You, you know you, what else? Like when Trevor's like going over the offense, and they go like the first month through the offense, and they're doing the install, and he's going to mini camp, and he starts working this stuff, and he starts thinking to himself, "This is way better." That probably had something to do with it too. Yes, Just a little bit. Yeah. Why? Uh, all right. If there's anybody in this room that has uh, been <laughs> preaching on the coaching matters, it would be you me. have been. Yes, and, you have. And, and so I, all I'm you're just sitting, trying to sneak feelings in there. Is what yeah, you're trying to do. Yeah, and even though I didn't, you cannot sneak it. feelings under the tent. You yeah. can't. Are you are you sure you want to talk about this story then in the Tribune? Because there, there's a lot of feelings. <laughs> there he talks, a lot of feelings. He talks a lot about feelings, <laughs> Matt. Matt. Matt I don't know if that's the right sports radio talk for this show right now. Matt we don't Hayes. want to talk about feelings. We want to talk about strategy on social media. <laughs> Matt Hayes thinks that you, you, they're not carrying kittens in in. in in the, the meeting rooms, and you, 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 when you say feelings, you're saying they, they, they've been tenderized and soft. No, 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 I'm not saying that. That's what, yeah, no, 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 okay. I'm not saying that. What, what are, are they? Doing? What, what are, then what's your definition of why you had such a problem with feelings? Just the, my problem with it was, and this is a team. Again, this is a guy that it ended up being right, but this mm-hmm. is a team that for two straight years of the first pick in the draft, they were terrible, and you let them go for three days. Yeah. Okay. After, at minicamp, mm-hmm. you just let him go. So I was thinking, and it, and you know, it's part of the process. I was a, I was on that ship them. too. Right, I right. was on that ship too. Now I admit. clearly it played out. So clearly he's right. We're wrong. All I'm saying is it's just odd. That's all. They're grown men. They're professionals. Yeah. The the, the uh, idea is more about just here's here's what we can do for you to make you successful. X's and O's, and 
the whole thing that Joe's trying to say is feelings are part of that too. Yeah, I I I I think that it's the respect level. It's okay. Look, we're going to do this collectively as men. Uh, you have a job to do. I have a job to do. I'm going to get the most out of you. You're going to come to me and and ask me for you know for for more of this or more of that. Respect, sure. That that really, I think, is respect's the the right word. Absolutely, the right word because it's the same thing. Any of our nooners out there, if you have a new boss show up. And he starts commanding, we're going to do this now, this and this and this and this. And you say, whoa, 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 like, you, you don't even know my name yet. Right. And, and you're coming in with this agenda. Well, there are. You're not going to respond the same way as you would if he took the time to get to know you first. Yeah, there are people out there listening to us right now that know they have had good bosses and bad bosses, right? And, and, and so and this is one off the Tribune uh, that, that Trevor wrote. He said, then I remember we were coming off the Detroit loss, maybe our worst of the season, dropped us to four and eight, three games. And he goes on to say, he goes, we got back to Jacksonville, went over to Christian's house with Zay, and all just basically coming together. And that kind of speaks to, even though he says it in an entirely different way, Leon, because it is all nice and dressed up, yours was Club Nate. Club Nate. Yeah, it (laughs) was. the same thing. Same thing. I mean, Club Nate was an extension of the locker room Mm -hmm. where we were struggling a little bit. That was your club. Yeah, yeah, that was our club. So where we we can go there. It was TC's club. No, it was not. It wasn't even a TC approved club. At certain times in the locker room, you couldn't actually vent about Mm -hmm the coaches or the team right. because TC would get whiff of it. Oh, yeah. So when we got whiff that people were snitching on us in the locker room. When you we, got a whiff of the whiff, is that what oh, you're The saying? whiff of the whiff, absolutely. <laughs> we, we created the club name. And so there now, was. Oh, yeah. There was a whiff of a whiff. Oh, yeah. There were some yes, divisions yes. in that locker room. It was. By the way, Rob Johnson, who was on Jaguars today, it was a great listen. Uh, mm-hmm. Jaguar fans could go back and easily find it uh, on the on-demand. He talked about the, I think, we, maybe JJ can find it. But anyway, something in the neighborhood of 35 straight two-a-day padded practice. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That was a norm, bro. 35 straight. I mean, that's, that's the reason why we called it Club Hell. There were no feelings there. Camp I was going to say, that's got me, me right? feeling a different None. type of way. Yeah. Um, the, other the, big, the other big quote, straight. as we talk about feeling, um, but also talking about reality, um, and if you want to talk hard-nosed football, the other quote from this Tribune article, Players' Tribune article from Trevor Lawrence that really has been making the rounds is, he says, quote, It's funny, around the draft back in 2021, I made a comment about how I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I meant what I said. I didn't have one. I had never played football to prove anything to anyone. But after last season and the frustrations we went through, last year absolutely gave me something to prove. I feel the pain of the city. I knew what people expected from me and what they'd invested in me. I knew that I was supposed to be a part of something different for the team. I understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he took responsibility. I, I, I keep going back to the London loss and the Detroit loss. And that's when he basically took ownership of his own mistakes and then took ownership, put, put the challenge to the team to take ownership of their mistakes after that Detroit loss. I really mm-hmm. think that that's when he basically stepped up and said, I, I, oh, I'm yeah, listen, we saw, his, we saw his leadership emerge right before our eyes. When he started yelling at guys and calling guys, he, called, he was at the point him, he called guys out. He said, he didn't point anybody out individually, but he said, we got to do better. This is not good enough. You know, so I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he grew, he grew he grew up this year. I'm okay with agreeing with all that stuff. Yeah. At the end of the day, they were three and seven. Yeah. At the end of the day, it turned in that Ravens well, game when true. he started playing better, and you could tell he was seeing things differently, and he was making quicker decisions. Yeah. And they started making big plays, and you win games, and then the locker room. And again, you can say this because you were a former player. Once you start winning, then all that stuff about, hey, let's all be together, blah, blah, you gotta blah. Be, you got to be believable. Right. Then it starts to turn a little Absolutely. bit. So that's stuff. kind of my point of what Doug Peterson did for them. I'm okay with saying all that feeling stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason they're better is because they're coached better. 
and because the number, most important person on the team, it all clicked for him. Mm-hmm. And once it all clicked for him, then everybody else believes, and then everybody else, boom, shot to their ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that's how they had that little run. Well, yeah. and I think that they were proved right. I mean, if they don't go to the playoffs, if they don't win the AFC South, if they don't win six straight to end the year, are we having the same conversation of Doug was laying the foundation right? Mm-hmm. I know Doug, when he got here and he sat up at the dais at his introductory presser, I'm sure we can talk to him four or five years down the line, and he'll admit it. He probably didn't envision this season going the way it did in storybook fashion. But would they have gained that respect? Would there be enough of a foundation to then turn around, as Coach Campo talked about in Troy Aikman's second year, to say, yep, third year, we're winning double-digit games? Yeah. I think So let's just say they they lost the Titans game at home. I still think they'd still be in a situation where they're thinking, all right, the next step is big for us. Yeah. Well, think about our expectations before the season started. We just wanted them to be competitive in games in the fourth quarter. In November. In November, absolutely. That, that's and what we wanted. games in January. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so, I mean, we, we all had, when we saw our, our big board, we had them at, what, 8-9? 8-9? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I'm pretty proud that we actually got to 8. A couple of us yeah. had them at 9-8. I'm not saying yeah. who, but I'm looking yeah. at me and me. Yeah. So, a couple of oh, us had them at 9-8. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Don't See, sprain your wrist you, paying yourself <laughs> in the back. I remember you predicting – they would win the division. Yeah. I didn't remember both of you guys. Yeah. I, had them, yeah. I didn't have them winning the yeah. division. I had them winning the division. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. remember Matt saying they would never win another game. I did. Right. Yeah, I we, did. We had all sorts of In fact, I don't know why you don't play out in the open more. Yeah. That should yeah. be like one yeah. of those open. I all honestly sorts of tried to find it for the Deweys, and it's been tough. Really? For me to find it's been it. Scrubbed, yeah. huh? Oh, wow. I'm not going to say who scrubbed it. Arkansas came in and scrubbed it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what that's all about. Yes, sir. I 100% said that. And that was. That was at like uh, that was I think like, that was uh, at two and five. That was definitely in October. Yeah, I think it was like two and five. Two and five. Yeah. And I think somebody agreed with me. <laughs> yeah, you cannot look at the tatted man to yeah. say anything because he's got. Hey, listen, the tatted hey I think all of us. I'm, I'm branded now, right. So, yeah. I think all of us were like, okay, this is. Oh, believe not me, good, after man. London. Uh, oh, London, London was, was the low. Yeah, London was falling. Okay, I was like, I don't know if they're going to get to that six wins yeah. that I predicted. Yeah, and I was all I was interested in was six and a half. That's really right. what I was <laughs> most interested in more than anything else. All right, Big Source, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, all right, at Leon Source Junior. One, check him out. Uh, completely different topic of conversation, but I just looked up at the TV. Um, first of all, we haven't even discussed the fact that the Super Bowl is going on in Phoenix the same week as the Waste Management Open, which yeah, is the party it, uh, outside of TPC of the year on the PGA Tour. Is that Michael Collins? Yeah, I, I looked up. Why and, did he shave his beard? I'm going to text him. Yeah. He doesn't look the, like th- – that is him, right? I'm not going is, crazy. I, I had to do a double take, and I started thinking of other guys that it could be, and then uh, Michael, he is uh, – John Daly's – His beard been, is, un- is, sy- is synonymous. It's his signature. John Daly's the golfing Santa, but Michael Collins was as close to it as you could get. He was the caddy Santa. And, yeah, he needs to have the beard back I don't know what he, he did. Totally I'm going to text him and be like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Good. All right. My let's, goodness. Let's say hello to Dr. George Bari. I call him Gio. He's up next with a Bari breakdown. We got some injuries heading into the Super Bowl that are kind of significant. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Ready? Three, two, one. Jeez! Yo! Um, he's not. He refuses to do it. Come on. It's Jeez. weird. I, right? I don't know if he's embarrassed by Joe or if he's looking at you like it's a little creepy, Joe. No, Joe's no. fanboying. I'm a fanboy. Plus, he doesn't like Ohio State, so he's not going to do Listen, that. I, I am so tired of being told that I can't do the fun things that I like to do. <laughs> All right. So, Geo. Okay, I'm going to go with it. 
I'm going to go with it. We're going to talk a little injuries uh, for the Super Bowl with you. And I got to sneak in a little NBA. Yeah. Uh, if you have an injury question, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. 641-1010. Joint pain is what we're talking about. Uh, our man, fellowship trained under the hey. renowned Dr. James Andrews, bariorthopedics.com. You can find out all their locations and all the stuff that they do. So if you knee, ankle, hip problems, whatever it might be, hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and ask uh, the doc. All right, so let's start with the obvious. A significant ankle sprain to Pat Mahomes in the Jaguars game. We all have – we uh, you can probably picture it right now in your head. So we are now basically three weeks removed from that. How much better is he with a week off to go out and do what he, what he needs to do? Well, I think he's going to be better. Definitely going to be better. How much better? Probably I would say if you asked him and he'd give you percentage, at least – 50% better. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that he rested. Right. Right. For now, it's going to be two weeks before he gets to and play. Like, what kind of extra treatment can they do to him? Like you said, they get the very best advances. Yeah. I mean, right. there's nothing more that they're going to do now than what they did between the games that were a uh, week after each other. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the fact that he doesn't have to run on it and, and get away from someone who's chasing him and plant that foot and throw off of it. That's going to be the biggest thing. Just letting that. That leg and that foot rest is going to be his biggest If, if it's advantage. a true high ankle sprain, which, again, we, we don't think it is, but if it is, he's still going to be limping. No. He's still going to yes. have problems pushing off Correct. that foot, right? Correct. He'll still have issues, but the fact that he got to rest it instead of one week, now it's two weeks, right. is, is, I think, a big advantage. Now, we're throwing off the right foot, okay, <clears throat> and that's the ankle injury. He needs to be able to drive the football. We're guessing here, but how much better can he be at that? Because remember, he was – he made one or two of those throws into the end zone it was off all of arm. his left yeah, yeah. foot. It was literally yeah. all arm, yeah. You know, I, I think he'll be fine. The question is going to be how, how, as the game progresses, does he get worse? Mm-hmm. And if someone tackles him and gets that, that ankle twisted up, is he going to get worse? Don't be shocked if like there's a pileup on him and someone's grabbing his ankles, you know, trying to, right. <laughs> to make it sore. Now the quarterback on the other side also coming off of somewhat of a recent injury, Jalen Hurts with a sprained shoulder that – caused him to miss some time down the stretch. This is a really interesting article from Sharp Football Analysis where they talk about how his rushing stats have not dropped since coming back mm-hmm. from that sprained shoulder, Doc. However, Hertz has had a significant drop in completion rate over expectation comparing a pre-injury and a post-injury number. This coincides with an increase in inaccuracy, in inaccuracy shown below as Hertz has had an increase in passes not completed because of inaccurate yeah. Passing. Well, I don't think his rushing yards should change. I mean, nope. it's his it's yeah. his shoulder. Unless he gets scared of getting hit and he doesn't run as much, right? That's one thing. But in theory, that shouldn't affect him running. The passing, I think, is pretty obvious. He's still struggling a little bit with the arm in, in that motion, and sometimes these do take a very long time, especially when you don't really have time to rest. It. You know, he mm-hmm. came back and played because they need to make sure that they won the game. Yeah, and he's been playing since, and so he didn't get the full time of hey, I feel so- great now and I'm not injured. So he missed two games, okay, then played the next one to guarantee the number one seed, then took a week off, then played again to get to the Super Bowl. So you are right that, you know, that he definitely had to do some things, but then now another week off. Yeah, I, I just think he never allowed it to fully heal. Right? Okay. He never got to the point where I feel great, I'm 100%, let's go do it. He had to come back early, kind of do, you know, re-injure. He didn't really necessarily re-injure during the game, but he got hit, he got tackled, and right. it's going to make it feel worse. Got the week off, then had to go back. So he never got the full advantage of, hey, just sit it out for four or five, six weeks, see how you do. So Jalen's now, what do we What do we decide, Joe? Six weeks or seven weeks? I, w- I would say it's right there at the six, six. weeks. But, but he did play in, in 
in three games. Three games since, right. You right. know, over that six-week stretch. So he's been like six or seven weeks since he really hurt the AC joint. Yeah. That made him miss two games. Um, you think he's fully healed right now? No, because if you were a normal person and you said six to eight weeks, I'd say, yeah, pretty close. If not, you're, you're doing well. But he's had to play games. And all those games he's been tackled, he's been hit. So he hasn't had a full six to eight weeks of just rest and, and not getting tackled. So I don't think he's fully recovered. Do I think he feels much better? Yes. But I don't think if you ask him how do you feel, I don't think he'd tell you 100%. What do you do there? Can you, can you shoot that and then it's – I mean, you can, you, you, numb can de- you can definitely numb it. You could definitely numb that AC joint and, you know, hopefully it, it, it takes it and then you don't feel any pain. Um, but there's really not much else. To, you can support it, put a couple things on it to kind of help support it. But besides numbing it, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Now, we take a look at a couple of other guys on that team, Lane Johnson being one of them, and he's a guy I love the story whenever you're uh, looking back, and he had a significant core injury uh, that he had to deal with, and you're looking at a guy that uh, the put off surgery, late-season core muscle injury, uh, I believe a torn adductor, and then they also mentioned the groin. So kind of explain what yeah. we're talking about. So adductor – you have these muscles in the leg called adductor and abductors. Now, it's, it's actually a motion. Adduction means, eight, we say adduction, because there's abduction, there's abduction. They kind of sound similar. So adduction, you think of it, it adds to your body. So th- it brings things closer to your body, your inside thigh muscles, any, arm, any muscle that, like your subscap, that brings your arm in towards your body. Then you have abduction or abduction, which brings your arm away from the body. So an adductor into the groin is the muscles on the inside of the thigh, that attach up into the groin area that bring your thigh in, right? You see those those machines in the gym, you, you know, spread yeah. your legs and bring your legs closer. Yep. Those are adductors and abductors. Um, and so that's what that is. And they attach up into the groin region in the uh, um, in the pubic symphysis, which is that bone right underneath your abs, right? Mm-hmm. And so he had a an injury that, that mm-hmm. he held off on trying to get through the season. And then now he's, you know, getting he put it off surgery. Uh Monday night, his offensive line coach with the opening night media day, Jeff Stoutland, said that he, Johnson, and this is a big man now, was crying like a baby. That's how much it hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's like any tendon. When you, when you, when you injure a tendon, it's not fun, right? It's, it's a big mu- especially like it's a big muscle mass that you're using for everything that you do. It's not like your arm, you can hold it to your side and walk and not have to worry about moving if you put in a sling. You can't do that with your legs. So it is definitely uh, more discomforting. All right, a couple off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This one courtesy of 4181. My six foot six, 15 year old son suffered a PARS fracture of his back at L45 playing football. Recommendations? So, a fracture of the spine um, is definitely not that great, but usually for a PARS fracture, you don't do much if there's no displacement. They rest it. They don't, they don't operate. I don't know if you've seen a spine surgeon or not, but I would definitely see a spine surgeon just to confirm. Uh, make sure there's no neurological defects. But if it's non-displaced, they'll probably put them in a brace and tell them you're fine, just let it heal. Especially at 15, the chance of it healing are sky high. But I would definitely um, go see a spine surgeon just to double-check and make sure. And I, I told the doc once before, I remember w- what the back one was, but Michael in the middle, he just threw his whole body at somebody, offensive player, right. threw his whole body at the linebacker. Anyway, he had a stress fracture in his back, and that's what they did, doc. All they did was put him in a back brace yeah. for like if, if eight weeks and said, you're not playing football for the rest if of If it's time. not non-displaced, which means it's not moved and far apart, then right. you're okay. The worry about a parse fracture is if it's unstable, then you have instability and, and the bone can move. And so that's why you need to see a spine surgeon just to make sure, or at least an orthopedic surgeon, just to make sure everything's okay. All right, so this one from 
the 205 on the text line. Mur Murphy from Fernandina asked Doc how long a full recovery is for a bone spur removal where they had to take up the Achilles and put it back down with a screw. Is this your for question? 20 is this your no, question? No, right? With, for a 28-year-old <laughs> man. Right. So usually this is done for people who have chronic Achilles tendonitis or what we call Haglund's deformity. It's bothering people in the back that can't wear a shoe or they have bad insertial tendonitis. You have to go in. You have to cut the bone spur off. Then you have to re and the bone spur is attached where the Achilles. The deformity attaches. is that bump at the back of the, that bump, the heel, right? right. Okay. So you have to peel the Achilles off to get to the bone, cut the bone off, and then reattach the Achilles. Achilles. So it's almost like an Achilles repair. And so in that sense, it takes the Achilles twelve weeks to heal, and normally for an, any Achilles repair, you're looking at five six months before you can go out and do explosive sports again. So I I treat them like Achilles repairs because that's what they are essentially. Yeah. Although they are more controlled. And it's not a complete rupture. You're only peeling half of it off. I treat it like an Achilles repair. So I'd say five, six months before you're good to go and do whatever you want. But like you said, once you detach the Achilles, then it's literally... It's like it's, torn. It has to, yeah, and it has to right. grow back and the blood flow Correct. and everything, right? You don't tear the whole thing off, though. You just peel as much as you need to, to see the bones. So there's, there's still fibers attached to the right. insertion, but 50% of it does have to peel off. We'll Doc, good stuff. We'll do Breaking Bones Sunday morning, 7.30. If we miss any of the questions, you can still hit us with them, 641-1010, and we will put them on Breaking Bones. They can find our podcast as well, right? Yeah, Google, Spotify, Apple, and then the 1010 Excel website. And before we let you go, Doc, mm -hmm. we have to ask, uh, what is your spread going to look like for the Super Bowl on Sunday? <laughs> I, I have not thought that far out. Well, no. let me have your credit card. I was card. told that. Let me have your credit card, and we'll, we'll take care of it. We have to potty train our son, so i got to figure out what kind uh -oh. of spread we can do with that. Uh-oh. That's 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 an adventure right there. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. How you, old? You've been through he's, one. He's gonna turn three in a couple months. Yeah. So we got it's time. Yeah. All I know is that Emmy has come running out of the bathroom so many times uh, lately. You know, she went through the three-year-old. I pooped. I pooped. I pooped. And she gets a celebration. You know, like <laughs> she loves it. She absolutely loves it. So yeah, you got that to look forward. I to. I do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. A lot of stain remover. Yeah. All right, Doc. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. All right, Geo's out the door. We got Breaking Bones Sunday morning, 730, and we'll try and include some of those questions that you guys had today. Uh, but now let's ask some questions of Andy Staples coming up because we're going to talk a little bit more about Jaden Rashada and at least what was detailed in his report along with Stuart Mandel from The Athletic just as far as the upfront money, the money once you're there, the appearances, all that stuff was at least detailed. We'll find out. Well, how much of it's real, how much of it isn't as we head into the 2 o'clock hour. It is XL Primetime thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton, 287 play. Make sure you give them a shout. That is really a great-looking golf course, especially when it starts to pop for spring, and we've got spring-like weather right now. So head on out to the Golf Club of Southampton. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool. 1010XL. Two o'clock hour is here on a Wednesday edition of XL Primetime. Going to dive into the college football ranks and the Jaden Rashada saga with Andy Staples in just a little bit. Going to say hello to Justin Barney as well a little bit later in the two o'clock hour as we put a bow on the 2023 recruiting cycle. But yes, without further, further ado, let's dive into the craziness that is going down in Gainesville with the Athletics' Andy Staples. Now, yeah. another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. 
you might describe this as a story that just won't die because it definitely has had – it's been juicy for a while. Uh, let's see what Andy Staples has to say, who did a detailed piece uh, that you can find with The Athletic along with Stuart Mandel. Andy joins us on XL Primetime. Thanks for the time, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you all doing? Now, we're doing great. Uh, you know, it is such an – it seems like, Andy, this is the only NIL story with money and numbers seemingly attached to it that's out there. Does that in and of itself, before we get to the details of it, just, does it strike you just a little odd? No, because these are private businesses doing business right. with private individuals. I mean, they're not supposed to get out. It's not, it's not public entities where they have to, by some state law, release that information. So uh, we expected this to be difficult to get these kind of numbers. And the thing is, this particular set of numbers is a massive outlier. It's not representative of what is normally going on with these deals. Most of these deals are for far less money. And you know, there's a reason for that. The, the People don't want to necessarily invest a whole lot of upfront cash in people who haven't played yet. You know, the, the bigger deals, for the most part, are going to people who have accomplished something in college football, whether it's they, they you know, got endorsement deals like Bryce Young did with Dr. Pepper and, and Nissan, or it's somebody's very accomplished, maybe moving the transfer portal, and they get a deal. Like, I, I imagine Sam Hartman, who moved from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. Now, I, I don't know exact numbers, but I do know he had some very good options when he transferred, he, but he's a four year starting quarterback with a proven track record, but it's still nowhere near what these numbers were on the Jaden Rashada deal. Andy Staples joining us on the fair and fair phone line. You could check out his piece along with Stuart Mandel, who collaborated on this story with him over at the athletic.com. Let's kind of go surface 30,000 foot level to begin Andy with that $13 million number that everyone is seemingly talking about. What exactly was the number from all your research and all the people that you've talked to on both sides of the aisle that Jaden Rashada was offered, and what exactly is he now making at Arizona State? Well, I have the contract. So the contract was for four years, $13.85 million, if it, if it all topped out. Like there were obviously, like if he'd gone pro early, then there's a year of it left on the table. And it was kind of a, a sliding scale where it went up freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, and then went down if, they, if he was still there in the fourth year. But, I mean, guys, that's $250,000 less than Kenny Pickett's rookie contract with the Steelers. Kenny Pickett was the only first-round quarterback last year. Like, it's an insane number. And, and the thing is, when, when you dig deeper into it, you realize somebody promised this money, and then the money wasn't there. Because they were going through the Gator Collective. That's the, the group that did the contract. And if you know the Gator Collective, they don't do deals that are this big. They don't have that kind of money. So they were relying on somebody else to, to provide that money, which that's its own mistake there. Because if you don't get any sort of guaranteed writing that money's there, why are you putting your name on that contract? And then, you know, the other side of it is Jaden Rashad had agents. You know, his eight, his, well, his, his agents are a sophomore at SMU and a 22-year-old commercial real estate guy. <laughs> but he has agents, and they read this contract, which has a very, very broad termination clause, where they can basically terminate for anything and still let him sign it. So there's a lot of, why did you guys sign this? Why did either of you sign this? So, Andy, here's my question with this. Why would the 
I don't even know why. I don't even know if this is even a because the if the collective they're, if they're bargaining with the collective, why would whoever's bargaining with the collective knowing like what you said this is so far off the bell curve of what these deals are? Why would anyone in that collective agree to something like this? Well, what the collective thing is basically they were they trusted whoever said the money was good, and and no one will admit to that. No one will admit to saying, "Hey." I'm paying here or we're paying here. And the other side of it, the, the Rashada and his rep side, I almost wonder if they said, well, even though this smells really funny and may, it looks too good to be true, let's sign it. And then maybe they'll just have to pay it to avoid the embarrassment of this happening. And I, I can tell you, I'm sure everyone at Florida would have preferred avoiding the embarrassment of all this happening publicly. But I don't think anybody's willing to write that check. Yeah, that's a pricey one. Uh, and as you laid out, uh, just for, for comparison's sake, a rookie that was drafted in the first round and Kenny Pickett uh, wasn't drawing that same. We're talking with Andy Staples. You can definitely check out his podcast. Check out he and Stuart Mandel's piece at The Athletic. And, and you piqued my interest because, and, and, you, and I'm, I'm, I hope I heard this right, you put your eyes on the contract. And, and, and yeah. is, is that going to be available? Is that going to be where other people can see it? Or is that just going to be no. – Swept no, under the rug. Uh, I told I told the people who gave it to me that that I wasn't going to release the the whole contract, and so I'm going to stick to that. And plus, I mean, I imagine the NCAA wants to get his hands on it, and <sighs> they can they can do the legwork themselves. I'm not I'm not going to post it for him to take. So. All right. Now, this might be a dumb question, Andy, but is it a contract that was fashioned from the collective side, or was it a counter that was fashioned from the Rashada side that had those numbers? It it was the collect. Well, okay. The numbers came via text message from an attorney named Darren Heitner, right. who has done legal work for the Gator Collective, okay. who has done legal work for JTM Sports, which is the agency that represented Jaden Rashada. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren told me for this story that he did not, he was not asked to do any sort of legal work for the collective in this particular transaction, but he did say he sent a text message to somebody at the Gator Collective with these numbers. And I said, okay, where do these numbers come from? He said, a third party. I said, who? He said, I can't tell you. Okay. So that's, that's where that is right now. I, if I knew who the third party was, I would happily tell you. Right. But that's what I was told. So that's where that part of it kind of dead ends. But I still think that's the most interesting part is who came up with those numbers because they're – so out of whack compared yeah. to everything else. So as of this writing, we still don't know where the where those numbers exactly came from. Nope. Nope. And I'm not sure anybody's ever going to admit to it. So Andy, here's my thing. And I'm sorry, man. Here's my thing. Is and I've been saying this now for months. The problem is there's there's no there are no parameters right now. There's no there's no scale. You can just say you want anything because there's no ceiling for any of this. So there's guys out there well, saying, I want no, X, Matt, Y, and there, Z. There is a, there is a ceiling. The, the, Matt, the ceiling is the realistic amount that someone's willing to pay. True, true. And, and, and in this case, nobody was willing to pay it, which, again, that's the fault of both sides of the deal for not making sure that that was real money. And if it was, but, but here's the thing. If it was real money, that number would have been a lot smaller. All right, so how many of the how many of the top one hundred five five and four star recruits you think were paid NIL mm-hmm. deals this year? This year, the top one hundred, a hundred yeah. of them. Yeah, I agree. Now, how many of them made seven figure NIL deals? 
maybe two. Yeah. Right, and that's where these Maybe. numbers are so off base. Possibly, possibly zero. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. and that, and that I would actually I would actually Arch lean Manning. more towards zero. Yeah, right, yeah, and yeah, that includes yeah, Arch Manning. So all the more reason, right. all the more reason. Yeah. Um, a couple more for Andy Staples on the fair and fair phone line. So let's talk repercussions of all of this now, Andy. Obviously, there's the payment that never occurred between the University of Florida and Jaden Rashada. He leaves, but there also was an agreement between John Ruiz, the University of Miami Collective, mm-hmm. and Rashada. Correct. Does Rashada have to pay any of that money back, Where whatever happened to that agreement, as well as now what happens as he enrolls at Arizona State? So what we were told is, now the Miami contract, we don't know the exact amount of, of the full deal, Uh we were told it was nowhere near what was reported over the summer. Over the summer, somebody reported it was $9.5 million over four years. And John Ruiz told our, our Miami writer, Manny Navarro, uh, he said, I can't give you the exact numbers, but I can tell you it was nowhere near that. And so what, what we gathered you know, through our reporting is that there was a payment of about $125,000, and that was to do a commercial for Life Wallet. He was supposed to film that commercial, Jane Rashada was, the week of the Miami-Florida State game. He did not go, and that's when everybody at Miami kind of realized, okay, he might be flipping here. And so he flipped. They asked for the money back. They were paid back. I don't know by whom, but they were paid back. It's crazy. It really is. Now, <laughs> uh, as, we, as we get ready to wrap, Andy Staples, you can definitely check out all his stuff in this piece uh, at The Athletic and – his Andy Staples podcast, but did, did you think you would enter a world? You've been doing this for a long time. You and Matt definitely have been doing it for a long time, and I've been in the same circle for a long time, that, that you would see a day like this when this type of reporting would have to take place. Isn't it crazy, Andy? Not really. No? I predicted it in 2011. Yeah. You can Google it. Yeah. Google Andy Staples rewriting the NCAA rulebook from Sports Illustrated in 2011. Yeah. I predicted exactly what would happen here, and I have no problem with it. I have no problem with people giving – the players as much money as they want to give them. I think they've, they've deserved it the entire time. I don't care if there are any rules. They can make rules as they want, but right but, now they're in a situation where they're going to get sued into oblivion for, for most of the rules that they would either try to make or enforce. The only solution where they can actually have rules that they can enforce is to make the players employees and have a CBA, yeah, like the yeah. NFL or the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. That's the and, only way. Otherwise, they're just going to have to let this market figure itself out and here's the thing you let it go for a few years it will figure itself out mm-hmm. like you guys when you negotiate with your station they're not going to overpay you because they know what radio people make in jacksonville like they understand that if i go to the athletic and say hey somebody's going to give me a million dollars a year to do the same job i do now you know what they're going to say good go luck ahead. with that yeah good luck because I'm either lying or the other place is overpaying because that's not the market. So like it, every private business in America understands it and has figured out what the market is for employees in its business or for the labor force in its business. So this will sort itself out, too, if you give it a, give it a little time. But you will have some dumb outliers like this. Can I ask the final million-dollar question, Andy? Mia, you can ask any question. I'm here all day. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We appreciate your time, of course. Is Jaden Rashada actually going to be any good at Arizona State? No telling, but I I do feel so bad for him specifically in all of this because that's the the other thing we kind of gathered from talking to people around him. 
he wasn't driving any of this. He had people in his orbit that were searching for the biggest bags, but he himself was not driving any of this. I don't think he wanted this spectacle. And to be honest, from a an expectation standpoint and a uh, just better setup to potentially succeed, I think he's in a good situation now because he's going to Arizona State. It doesn't sound like he's got an NIL deal at all. Maybe the, the, you know from what we were told last week, there wasn't anything. Now, it, that may change as you get closer to the season or if he winds up being pretty good in spring practice. But, you know, if he'd have, like, let's say the money behind that Florida contract had been real and he'd actually received it and started receiving the monthly payments. Like he would have walked in that locker room and every player would have been like, you're buying dinner every night. <laughs> and oh, by the way, you also better be the savior of this program. You better lead this program for four national championships. And he would have been expected to start right away. And I don't think this guy is ready based on the people we talked to, to carry an SEC program to, you know, carry the hopes and dreams of an SEC program as a true freshman. Now he may go to Arizona state, but the thing is he may play as a freshman. He may not. Nobody's going to be all that out of sorts. If he doesn't play as a freshman, it's going to be fine. Kenny Dillingham's the new coach there. You know, he was the OC at Florida state with Mike Norvell for a while. He's the OC at Auburn. Uh, he was the OC at Oregon most recently. He has a very good track record with quarterbacks. It's a good, he's a good person for, for Jaden to learn from. So this is probably the better situation given all that has happened. Okay. All right. Correct me if I'm wrong too, Andy, real quick. Jaden's father went to Arizona State. He did. He did. Harlan Rashada did, did play at Arizona State. So there's familiarity there. It's also, you know, he's from Northern California. It's closer to his, his side of the country. But I, I just, I would have felt horrible for this. And, you know, I would have felt, I wouldn't have felt that bad for the, him getting all that money. But I would have felt horrible if he'd walked in with those massive expectations at Florida because I think he would have been doomed from the start. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that because, you, like you said, they want something back if they pay that. All right, listen, thanks, dude. We appreciate your time. As always, check out the Andy Staples podcast. Check out The Athletic with his piece that he and Stewart did on Jaden Rashada. Thanks, appreciate Andy. It. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. There All right. goes Andy Staples. And, again, you can check that out under The Athletic, under the college football tab. Under really the heading story. of third and, party as well. Yeah. You know, that's Honestly, that's where, I, that's where I'm reading into this more than anything else. And that's the part that I am most interested in, and I don't think that we'll ever find. Or I agree. We well, I agree with Andy though, because I know it was a question we all had: is mm-hmm. will we will this contract ever see the light of day? Yeah. If the NCAA gets its hands on it, could they go public with it, or do they choose to hide it? Yeah, they'll. Because hide if anything, it. maybe they want to go go public with it as an example of to make an example of it. Yeah. And be like, this is what these well, collectives are doing, blah, 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 blah. I think the example's been made, honestly, and they don't want it to go public. I don't think. As I can tell you this. This is what I was told. This is what I was told from uh, a very good source in Gainesville who told me when, when Billy first heard of what was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. The quote was, what are those clowns doing? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what's and, going and, on. And, and, and that's, that's not unique to Billy Napier. That's right. Mario Cristobal. That's Mike Norvell. That's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. These guys – that run these these collectives, literally just they're they're on their own right now. They're in their own orbit. Well, they, and they think they are. And I told you guys, they think they have a seat at the table now, and they want to be. And this, they will continue to think yeah, that way. Yeah, and they because think, they have more skin in the game yeah, now. And, and now instead of colleges using players, now individuals around that player in, the, in their orbit is using. And if the collectives the are, are are more involved, guess who else are more involved? Mm-hmm. The advisors. Yeah, exactly. It's XL Prime Time. 
This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Uh, no doubt, interesting stuff out of the Jaden Rashada story, and uh, I do think it, it falls under the heading of it just won't die uh, because more and more stuff does seem to come out of it, that's for sure. All right, now we're going to try and wrap up uh, our high school recruiting and all that took place on the First Coast and then probably tie it together a little bit uh, with what uh, Andy was talking about, just some of the uh, NIL deals and the fact that it's going to become more and more of what people are talking about going forward. Uh, with these future stars that don't even really walk onto campus and are already lining up deals. We'll find out a little bit more about it. All right, uh, let's do a funky fact right now, JJ. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. All right, now, I just try and lay out as many Super Bowl-related questions as possible. Some are gettable, some are not, but I just like throwing it out there just to kind of see uh, a little something for the fans out there when they're thinking about the Super Bowl. Which division has the most Super Bowl wins and which division has the least Super Bowl wins? Current, current division. South. Mm-hmm. Current divisions. Yes. I mean, AFC okay. South. Yeah, AFC, AFC South has, has be zero. Uh, yes. Oh, Indy. No, Colts. Yeah, the Colts have one in Indy. Um, so, yeah, I would say. Does anyone have zero, though? Up, 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 I don't think up, so. Up, up. The Pan- well, the Panthers never won a Super Bowl, but the Bucks did. So that's NFC South. And the Saints won one, so that's not – it's current divisions, right? We're not doing like the Central or – Well, yeah, it's current divisions. But just remember, the teams that are in the current division, doesn't matter where they were right, before exactly. they count. Well, I would say probably the NFC East. I'm going to say the AFC they- North. I was going to say that too, actually. All right, I'm going to say the NFC East because the Eagles, and they're playing in the Super Bowl this year. I'll say the AFC Plus North. the Cowboys and the Giants and Washington. So, yeah, I'm going to say NFC East for the most, and I'm going to say AFC South for the least. Boys? NFC West for the most. I have AFC South for the least, and I have the uh, AFC AFC North for the most. I got AFC South least, NFC West most. All right, so AFC North has eight Super Bowl titles. The NFC West has eight Super Bowl titles. The AFC South has two Super Bowl titles because you count the Colts back in the day. Okay, so we are counting that. Yeah, and then you count them again uh, for a total of two. So everybody gets a yes, sir, but Mia gets the double yes, sir, because the NFC East is the the leader with 13. Right, the Cowboys, Redskins, Giants. I mean, all you got to do is just think of that run. In the in the basically late eighties, nineties, it was Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Cowboys, Redskins, yeah. and it just was endless. Yeah. And and although the Eagles didn't get in it to win it, they were still going. But thirteen Super Bowl titles from the NFC East. That's pretty good. No longer the NFC least, folks. Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, it's so funny because that right there, that's bragging rights over everything else whenever you get on them a little bit, that's for sure. All right, let's say hello to Justin Barney, Channel 4. We'll say hello to him and and get an idea as we wrap up everything from football recruiting and that little NIL talk. They also, uh, our our folks at Airstream Ventures High School 912 had their media day yesterday, so we'll touch with Justin Barney on that subject as well with some of the top teams in the area, be it basketball, baseball, et cetera. That's coming up. 
The High School Half Hour, brought to you by I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Log on i9sports.com. They got flag football, basketball, soccer, t-ball, you name it, they cover the Tri-County area, Duval, St. John's, and Clay. You can play year-round, and they've got all of the details at i9sports.com. Don't forget, throw 1010XL into the promo code to get a discount on registration, but you want to get daughters, sons out there playing some ball, definitely do it with I-9 Sports. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Jay Barn, Justin Barney, news for Jax, joining us to put a bow on the high school football recruitment season, look ahead to the spring football season, and also a look at the spring sports season. What's going on, Justin? Not too bad, Mia. It's a busy time as usual. I think I saw you this week, didn't I? Or was that two weeks ago? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I think a we, blur. I think you were golfing, but I was glad you weren't golfing with a boot like you did a couple years ago. Uh, don't don't golf when you have a broken foot, folks. Not for the faint of heart. Uh, let's begin though, Jay Barn. Let's begin on the football front. Um, looking at signing day, the traditional February signing day versus the December signing day. And heck, I know we had this conversation here at 1010XL headquarters even looking at the November signing day for non-football athletes, where do you envision National Signing Day ultimately falling? Is there always going to be the November, the December, and the February dates, or do you think we're going to end up eventually just doing away with February? Yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll stick to some variation of what we have now with the, the November signing date for you know, basketball athletes and, and other sport athletes, and then you know, the early period, that's uh, in December, which college coaches have uh, have craved for and clamored for. That seems like it's here to stay. That three-day period in uh, late December where you know, the, the major guys end up signing during that time, those um, Power Five signings. And, you know, a lot of classes are, are signed, sealed, and delivered in, uh, in late December now, kind of make that traditional February signing day, the first Wednesday in February, a little bit more, um, shall we say, really not suspenseful. Um, if you look at this year's class, we had really just a couple guys announce their uh, commitments to, to Power Five programs on that uh, February first, or excuse me, the, the first Wednesday in February signing date. So I think that will still be um, a, a, a huge day for athletes. Um, you know, the the smaller schools, um, you know, the, the football guys who are going to those D two schools, or guys filling in signing day classes, and it'll still be a great day for you know for soccer, for baseball, for softball. So it'll still be a great date on the calendar for all those other athletes and really those spot fillers and those smaller school football programs. But I think the three, really the three signing periods, I think are here to stay. Hey, Justin, we just spoke with Andy Staples about the whole Jaden Rashada incident. I know you know you're well versed in what's going on there and the money. Speaking to to coaches locally, have you heard horror stories about NIL and how it's not only impacted certain players but also programs and how they're dealing with with teams yeah it's you know i asked that question last year at our our high school football media day and you know most of the coaches i would say overwhelmingly i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but i would say you know about 90 percent of the coaches i talked to who uh, responded to that question were absolutely not in favor of that um and really because it's it's not regulated and i think the the biggest thing is that it's not really regulated in in college um, and yet we're seeing this come down to the high school level. Many states already have, have permitted it uh, to become legal in the high school level. So high school kids, um, and the majority of those football guys, are, are able to benefit from, from a high school perspective, from NIL. 
also you're, you've got something that's not regulated. The wild, wild west on the college circuit, as you see with the Rashada situation, already making its way to the high school level. And you've got states that are contesting it. You know, Florida High School Athletic Association has been sued in, in, uh, in state court already about NIL to, to allow that to happen. Uh, so that is going to come at some point in, uh, in Florida. I think that'll be here sooner rather than later. And coaches, I think the biggest concern there is you've got something that's uh, just not regulated at a, at a collegiate level and it's been failed to do so. And you're already implementing that in high school. So where is the line drawn? You know, I think some high school coaches are in favor of that. Um, but again, it's just, it's so haphazard. Every state has a different regulation. Some states it's not legal, like it's a, like in Florida, it's not legal yet. But I think the, the clarity situation and how, uh, how just everybody has got a different answer for that really makes coaches and in a sense players a little, uh, a little uncertain of how is it legal? Is it not legal? Can I accept this? Can I take that? Um, yeah, it's legal in one state, but not here. So I think just that, that instability, that up and down, the, um, the, the just not having one clear policy like we don't have at college. I think at the high school level, it just makes coaches, players, families um, just a little bit apprehensive about how that's going to work and really what they uh, what are they able to do with the high school level from NIL. Yeah, it's like we've already witnessed in college that there are now more hangers around, more, quote, advisors uh, that can become involved. And I don't know, it just seems like it would be a real tough thing in high school if that were to start to happen. Uh, we're talking with Justin Barney at Justin Barney TV. You can definitely check all his stuff out, newsforjacks.com slash sports. And when I think of it, Jay Barn, like, do you sense coaches are preparing for it for when everything does become, okay, this is what we're dealing with, this is in our high schools now? Do you think that they're starting to kind of craft a plan for that? I th- Yeah, I think – it's, it's tough to do that, but you, you get a sense from talking to coaches and athletic directors that, yeah, I mean, it's coming. It will be here down, uh, you know, down the line, whether that's uh, next year, whether that's five years, whether you like it or not, it's going to be here. And, yeah, you're just going to have to roll with the punches and adjust with the times. And it's just amazing. I used to ask this question my former job at the time, Junior, you know, is, is a college scholarship enough? And, you know, when you look at the responses from 2013, 2014, 2015, overwhelmingly the, the, the kids responded, yeah, a college scholarship is enough. I mean, some of those years it was 80 90% um, of kids said a college scholarship is enough. We don't need to be paid. There should be nothing. You know, still have that college and high school experience uh, untainted by the, uh, the money figure. And as the years have evolved, you know, I, I've asked the same question to my new employer, and it's, it's unbelievable how that dynamic has shifted in about a seven or eight year span, you go from, you know, college scholarship being enough and they want the true experience of college and high school. to now it's overwhelmingly tilted to the side of, yeah, we want to be paid. We deserve to be paid. So um, that's, that has shifted from a player and parent perspective. uh, And I think you're, you're seeing that even shift a little bit with the coaches saying, yeah, I think uh, these kids probably need to, to get it on the college level just not the high school level yet. I think I think high school coaches have said, yeah, college is a massive business. The money involved is is ludicrous. Yeah, coaches making ten, twelve million dollars a year. That yeah, college kids need to be uh, compensated if they have that uh, if they have that option. But not from a they're not quite there yet in a high school perspective. A couple more for Justin Barney of News for Jacks on the Fair and Fair phone line. Jay Barn, let's talk about um, the most marquee commitment this week for the class of twenty twenty four. That being Camden Hardy, the son of former Jaguar number two overall pick Kevin Hardy 
He commits to Wake Forest yesterday. Uh, I know he's been visiting a couple of schools, but Justin, I would think that Camden Star is only going to continue to grow this summer. Um, curious if you have any insight into that commitment. Yeah, right. You know, he played on a on really a good team last year. The Stingrays were uh, struggled a little bit, Atlantic Coast winless season, but he was a guy that stood out uh, time and again through uh, for area coaches and, and in those games. So I, again, you know, Langston Hardy, uh, an older brother. Uh, ended up going to UConn, doing well there. You've got that tradition, that lineage, and that family name. And I think for Camden, it is only going to continue to rise uh, Wake Forest it is now. But nonetheless, I think he is going to uh, get those offers as it continues this summer, especially the spring and summer is a big one for him. And I think it's only going to continue to rise there for Camden. Uh, he is a phenomenal player. Again, when you can stand out and you can be a visible guy on a team that's winless, that, uh, that is saying something he certainly did last year. All right, dude, uh, real quick thought from you with the uh, spring sports, the high school 912 that they put together the media day yesterday. Uh, you know, as well as anybody out there, there's a lot of really talented teams that are out there in the spring sports. Yeah, a lot of them. We're talking softball. You know, Middleburg won a state championship last year. Can they do it again? So a remarkable story to me. You go down to, uh, you go down to Claremont, you have – one hit in two games and win a state championship. That's remarkable. That one hit was a home run uh, to center field. Wow. So a great, a great story of Middleburg. Can they repeat baseball again? St. John's Country Day. How do you respond from last year when you graduate such a big class? Girls and boys lacrosse. We have two of the best programs in the country right here. The Bartram Trail girls. Uh, you you got to think they're a not a favorite, a, a definitely a contender to defend that state championship. The Pontevedra boys again. They'll be nationally ranked. And then you've got a guy like Chase Healy. I know boys tennis doesn't get a lot of uh, publicity in the area, but man, the kid is going for something that's never been done by an area player, and that's winning three state championships in a row. Uh, can he do it? He matched uh, a guy back in 1922 and 23, Georgie uh wow. from an area guy to win it back-to-back uh, -back state championships. To get three in a row would be unprecedented for an area star. So a lot of good storylines out of spring sports media day, and also a big day on the coaching. Uh, front yesterday as well. Sequoia Creek's Mike Kolakowski stepped down. He was there for two years with Toros. Wolfson hired its uh, head coach there, Jermaine Wilson, played a big part on that Mandarin State Championship coaching staff a few years ago. And then Waylon Cox at Hilliard moving on from the program there. Uh, he's rumored to be joining his brother there at West Nassau, Gunnar Cox, the new Warriors coach out there. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of spring sports, a lot of high school football news a busy, busy time in our area. Yeah, and absolutely, Jay Barn. Real quick, 30 seconds or less. Uh, we also have high school basketball playoffs beginning this week This week with the regionals, the districts wrapping up last week for the girls, the boys this week. Give us a quick primer. Who should folks be keeping an eye on throughout the course of the month of February? Yeah, a lot of a lot of moving parts this week. we got boys basketball districts. That's going strong this week, girls basketball. Playoffs begin this week on Thursday night. you got to look at the uh, the contenders there. I think St. John's Country Day is positioned well to get uh, in a state semifinal there. Talia Scott, McDonald's All-American. Uh, she's a big name to watch. Bishop Kinney going for its fifth consecutive state semifinal appearance there. Will Mayer's team, very, very consistent, very, very good. I think they're the favorite there in Region 1-4A. Then you look at girls' soccer. Uh, great seasons for Bartram Trail, St. John's Country Day. Those continue. Those are the number one and two teams in the entire country. Uh, could be a Bartram Creekside rematch uh, next week in the regional final. That is uh, the area's best girls soccer rivalry. And boys soccer as well. Playoffs begin uh, tonight. Mandarin, can they get to a state championship game? 
They're a favorite in Region 17A, the only unbeaten boys soccer team left standing in the area. But we got a lot of good soccer teams as well continuing that trek towards the state championship. All right, brother man. Appreciate it as always at Justin Barney TV in the news for jacks.com slash sports. Thanks, Justin. Take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks, right. Justin. Justin Barney. You can find us up at newsforjacks.com and, of course, on Twitter at Justin Barney TV. We got the Francis Show on the road, Island Wing. It ain't that far from our original HQ right here on Hogan Road. They are over there in Tinseltown. Hey, Carline joins us now. What is up? What is going on? How are my coconut shrimp buddies doing today? <laughs> I was going to ask, is it already flowing, Hayes Carlion, over at Southside Boulevard? Who won the bet? Um, we do words. not have them yet, but they are on their way, so we cannot wait. Uh, they're absolutely delicious, and uh, we can't wait to for, have a great Frangie show, and then we will certainly enjoy hanging like, out is- and having dinner and drinks after. I have yeah. to ask, besides the, <laughs> besides the coconut shrimp, because I know that's number one in your book, Yes. What, what's your second go-to item on the menu at Island Wings? Their salmon is spectacular. I get it with the reggae rice and broccoli. It's awesome. If you want the wings, the wings are great. Uh, I get the honey stung wings in terms of the sauce. They're fantastic. So, uh, yeah, those are the two that I almost always stick with. But back to the salmon um, and broccoli. That's why he's embedded and shredded. That, that's yeah, why. That's, that's, that's the thing. And, yeah. and that's the beauty of this place is, like, the, the wings are baked. They're not fried. So you really can if you're, if you're trying to, you know, stay New in Year's the realm resolutions. of nutritious yeah, options. Uh, you can absolutely get it done here. Of course, the uh, the nine Jack and Cokes that I drink probably don't help that diet, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, drop the Coke. All right, so let's. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but the Jaden Rashada story that Andy Staples and Stuart Mandel did at the Athletic it detailed, at least as far as their reporting was, that the the numbers that were thrown out there, insane numbers uh, that would rival uh, a first round quarterback rookie contract, is how crazy it was. Bottom line is, uh, I. I, did you catch any of that, Hayes? Because it is still so bizarre and no documents have been produced. Nobody yet. knows where the numbers came from, yeah. Hayes. Is that surprising? Yeah, that was wild. That was a great interview listening to Andy. And, and really, you know, that says something if, if that's the one piece of this that, uh, you know, even that dynamic uh, reporting combination, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't able to get to is, is exactly where that figure came from. And uh, obviously we can speculate on, uh, you know, on, on people that we think it could have been. But, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable story. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the story that, that they wrote. And the, the takeaway that, that I had is I kind of feel bad for Jaden Rashada. I mean, it com- it, A, it comes across that he's probably not really all that good. Uh, and B, the pressure that I think was applied to him by it seems like his father and, yep. and others that, you know, this basically became a make your decision, you know, and let, let's go get a cash grab. And I just feel bad. You know, I, I think we talked about this. I think young, young kids that are like a, the next phenom quarterback that's, you know, in the sixth grade now, he's going to grow up in an NIL world. So I don't think it's going to be overwhelming when he gets to that junior senior year and those things are out there. But for these guys, for guys like Jaden Rashada, this didn't really exist a year ago. Uh, certainly not two years ago. So this is also new and it's taken something that is so pure in their lives and it has really sullied it, uh, it, at least in his case. And I, I, really, I really felt like Jaden Rashada was a pretty sympathetic figure in the story. And because it, they, they sort of 
make you believe that the NIL really did affect his play, at least at the uh, camp where he was having trouble, you know, even really getting the ball even in the, the vicinity of the receiver. So, yeah, uh, great job on that interview. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm sorry to take up so much time. Uh, I'll tell you guys we have uh, Jared Rice at 340 mm-hmm. uh, to tell us all about what's going on with the Players' Championship. We always look forward to that. Uh, we're going to have three pairs of Beach Boys tickets to give away, so that'll be a fun show in St. Augustine. And uh, we're hoping to have Jim Nagy, the uh, executive director of the Senior Bowl, join us to break down all the prospects that were in Mobile last week. Sounds good, Hayes. We'll be listening. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll tell uh, Gator fans uh, that they don't have to worry about Jaden Rashada because DJ Lagway is on the way. Oh. Uh, and he will be part of the Hacker After Dark show tonight. Tonight? Yeah, so he has him on. And I'm sure that Hacker will also be reporting that Jerry the King Lawler is expected to make a full recovery, according to TMZ, after suffering a massive stroke. JJ had him in the ground yesterday. Yep, Yep. the WWE legend even posed for a photo uh, flashing a thumbs up. So that's good to hear. All I said was he was not doing well. That's that's not what you said. (laughs) We are out. We are out. We have to stop reporting on ourselves. We are out. (laughs) We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, You can find great, great uh, conditioned golf holes, championship level. You can play from the tips. You can play from the front, whatever you want. The Golf Club of Southampton, 287 play. And don't forget about their Friday night on the patio. It's always a cool environment to hang out in, enjoy some music, and enjoy some great grub. Joe C., MLB, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. You got the Frangie Show up next.